Cool. Live. Nice. All right, dude. Sweet. I think this is the first uh, official podcast that I've ever been on. Man. So it's an honor. It's an honor to have you, man. It's all just freaking, uh, man, it's all, it's all just talking. We're just talking, just talking, getting to know you. Honestly, man, like, that, by the way, thanks for writing with me today. And Oh, yeah. It's a blast. Doing this, uh, doing this podcast yeah. and, and for your time. Um, it's just a conversation. Yeah. You know, I want to get to know you. I don't want to get to know your journey and, like, how you got here. I know we talked a little bit about before, but. Man, this is, it, it was so cool because I was watching TikTok and uh, that's how I, I saw your video. I can't remember what, which one it was, but I was like, dude, this, you've got such a cool, you've got a unique style. Thank you, man. And I like your songs are very personal. Um, like they feel personal. They yeah. feel like the stories that you went through or, you know, they just feel, they're, they're good feeling. Good. And I'm like this fucking. This is the type of shit that I wanna. You're the type of dude that I'd like to write with and like write those types yeah. of songs and. Um, so let me introduce you, Zach John King. Yes, sir. From Athens, Georgia. Yeah, uh, yeah. Born and raised in Fayetteville, Georgia. Fayetteville, and Georgia. Then, and then been in Athens until now, until, until like five months ago, uh, for four years. I love it there. I'm a diehard dogs fan. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Let me ask you this. I'm going to just get you right out the gate. Shoot it. Ask you more. I want to know your journey from where you can remember your first, like, influence, like, how you got influenced into music mm. and up until now. So, like, what was your first taste of music to where you are now? Yeah. I think my first, the first memory I have of, like, knowing this is what I wanted to do was uh actually this is wild it was at the georgia theater in athens which is a legendary venue but i had i was in uh i was in ninth grade at mm -hmm. the time and my dad and my sister we all went to a switchfoot show which is like <laughs> still my favorite band ever are you religious i am i okay, am yeah and uh and it was like i mean the two of that together like not only are they believers but like they make amazing music and so yeah but it was my first rock show ever i think first show ever and uh, I remember standing there, they started the set, and I like, it was truly, I know it sounds cliche, but it was truly like, I stood up there as a, as a freshman in high school and was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah? I was like, this is it. And then, and from, from there on, it would just gradually became more of a commitment. Like, I think I, I probably left that show and was like, yeah, it'd be fun. And then like over the years, it was just like, no, I have to do this. Yeah. There's no other option. What was your, before that, you're in ninth grade, like before that, did you have any musical inclination or like, what were you doing before the Switchfoot show? Yeah, I was, I loved music. Uh, my fifth grade teacher was the first person to tell me I could sing. I remember that because <clears throat> we were in this musical and uh, there was this solo part, actually one of my best friends, I can't remember like exactly how it went but my best friend had this solo part but he couldn't sing at all and so <laughs> how did he she, get the part <laughs> he could dance really well oh. <laughs> and he remembered all his lines and i couldn't and but i could sing apparently and so she gave me that solo so i want to say like music has always been part of my family like my great my great uncle was a poet 
like a, oh. a published poet. Like, so it's in there. My grandmother writes poetry still to this day, but there was never anybody in my family that like really pursued it. I just grown up with enough of a you know a musical background. My whole family loves music. We always listen to music. It was just kind of naturally always there. And then once somebody was like, "Yeah, you can actually do this." Yeah. I was kind of like, "All right, I'll go. I'll try it." You know. Did you sing? Did you go to church? Yeah. Did oh, you yeah. sing in church? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, all the time. That's I mean that's half my journey, I guess, is youth groups and learning how to sing and be on stage and actually, you know, learn your craft. Yeah. That helps, especially every week, you know. Why was were your parents into like the Christian rock or was it you? Like was it you and your sister? It was everybody, man. Like what we did was I like the reason I love my parents so much is cuz they like for Christmas one year my dad gave me a, uh those iPod, I think they were Nanos. Yeah. Like the original ones. They didn't have yeah. a screen on them. And he gave it to me and he had pre-downloaded 500 songs on that thing. Ooh. And he was like, just listen to these. And it was literally like The Police, George Jones, uh, Matchbox 20 was on there, like Led Zeppelin, uh, Keith Urban, Switchfoot. It was anything you could think of musically. And I listened to all of it and became just like in love with music as a general thing. Like it's not really, I'm not partial to many genres as much as I'm just like in love with you know music itself. music it's like and i credit that to my parents because they were like listen to this listen to this you know yeah it was never one thing but man that's so awesome yeah and i'll tell you having that uh and having that as your landscape of like what music is it's probably i i'd have to imagine it really helped um open your eyes like while you're going through learning like when did you pick up when did you pick up a guitar first when did you learn how to play uh for my 8th birthday my dad gently made us my sister and I made us learn an instrument he was like you're going to learn for 1 year and if you hate it you can stop but you got to learn and like i'm so thankful <clears throat> that he made me do that yeah and so i started learning in 8 like as i you know i was 8 years old and then uh got to a point where I started slacking on learning, say, theory, because I loved making songs so much. So I started skipping lessons to write, which in a lot of ways was great. And then, like, to this day, I don't really know theory very well. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's been since eight, you know, eight years old on was guitar. But, like, I grew up playing drums. I love drums. Oh, I would hit uh, Tinker Toy boxes as a kid and, like, make my own drum set. Yeah. So I still love drums. I'm not very good at drums, um, but I love playing drums because yeah. you can let out an anger to drumming that you can on a guitar. I feel you know? that. It's different. Yeah. It's a totally different beast, too. It is. You know? it, it's, is. it really is. <laughs> we do a, a thing in our show where for a song, we all will just switch. My drummer will come out, play acoustic. Mm. My lead will come and sing. Yeah. And I'll go back and play, uh, play the drums. Oh, that's sick. And it's that's so awesome. funny. Like, just look like watching because i can do it's sublime what i got and i can do like the basic right yeah and then motherfucker my my drummer goes back there and just like rips it i'm like yeah all right it's different yeah it's so good you can be good at guitar and get away with it yes if you're good at drums people know you're good versus like really good yeah, like it's for a, sure. You can actually hear the difference. It's one of those like uh, 
you, are you in the background or like what exactly. kind of, what kind of presence do yes. you have? Yes. Are, yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't hide with the drum set. No. Like, yeah. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. So you, so you had, did your dad play guitar or did your dad do anything to where he was like, you guys need to learn these instruments? Cause it's a good, it's a good skill to have. Mm -hmm. And it's a good parenting trait that he was like, Hey, you guys should learn this. Yeah. I think for my, both of my parents, they were never like, my dad knows guitar. My mom can play piano, but I think for them, it was probably more of like wishing that they'd committed to it a little bit more and yeah. so they were like okay we're gonna make sure that you know our kids at least do something for some period of time Dude, makes sense you know and so yeah i think that's where that came from because like my dad can his whole claim to fame is he knows a uh, day tripper by the beatles like that's his riff <laughs> that he learned and like still knows it yeah from you know high school um so he can play guitar but it was never something where like he was playing all the time yeah. it was just more so i think they both were like we really want to make sure that we teach. It's a cool skill, instrument. man. Yeah. Like any instrument, really. What'd your sister choose? She chose piano, and she still plays it. But it's funny because she's got an amazing voice. Yeah, she could totally do it if she wanted to. But it was just like she never—I don't think—never really fell in love with it the same way. At least to the capacity of like wanting to do it for a, a job, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, in basic, basic. Destiny, so it might happen soon. Um, but basic, like we all go through these paths of what we want in life and what we like desire. And sometimes the things that you're good at, you don't necessarily desire, just yeah. happens to be the path. And like, yep. there's something to be said about the grind of of learning, of yes. the grind of like pushing through your comfort zone and having that. You like chase these little bits of dopamine where like <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. You know, like yeah. Uh, this is just an example. Like if your sister's really good, she'll be example. I don't know if this mm -hmm. is how it happened, but like if your sister's really good and she got like some kind of knack for it, eventually the praises are gonna die off. Like the mm. the praise the the feeling that you get from being praised is going to be lower and lower. Yeah. So like, and to, and then once you find that new something that you like then you're like oh well this is new and i like this it's exciting like people as humans we need this it's biology like we need this constant state of like change or like feeling that um feeling that new succession yeah for sure it's and just yeah. natural and then i think w where you get the people that the successful types in any field but particularly with music are people that even when they're not getting applause anymore or even when the feeling of that is is gone they love making music so much that they just keep doing it yeah it's the, it's yeah it's truly having that man there's probably so many different different variations of this but i would imagine like it's that having that inner dopamine effect like chasing that inner success of like oh shit i love doing this yeah and it's so cool to do it because you know once you you gotta have you ever seen like et the hip-hop preacher oh no i thought no? you meant the little alien. oh no no not that <laughs> well or, or like simon sinek this yeah. is you know Simon uh -huh. Sinek. so he's uh -huh. like what's your why yeah okay start with why is this thing it's like well you do that like you do all these whether it's music or whether it's 
whether it's like coaching a sport or uh, something like building furniture, like you have that hobby that keeps you internally happy. And with music, you know, the people that, like you said, are successful at it, like it just so happens that their hobby that keeps them internally happy is what they do making money. Exactly. And it's the, it's exactly. fucking awesome, man. Well, and that's paradise, like when you find that, but it, it takes a long time of you're only doing it because you love it. The money comes at some point, but like the the test really is like in between that time where you're literally just doing it because you love it and you're not, you know, you're not making anything from it. That's when people are either like, I'm out, which is understandable. Like I started, mm -hmm. I really for a long time was like, how could you not go chase what you're passionate about or whatever that means? And for the longest time I was kind of, I think I was kind of looking down on people that say went a corporate route or... Mm. And the older I've gotten, the more I realize, like, that makes perfect sense to do. Like, to go get that job and to get that financial security and to go... I mean, a lot of people's dream is to raise a family right yeah. off the bat. It's like, you can't really do that with a up-and-down, you know, career. Like, you got to yeah. find something stable. And so I've stopped seeing those people as like, oh, well, they, they just gave up on their dreams. It's like, no, they chase something different. Yeah. You happen to be on a different dream, and neither one is right or wrong. Yeah. If if it's what you're, if you're finding your passion somewhere in it, and I think for a lot of people they find their passion uh, outside of their job, but their job provides them the ability to find those passions. So if it's travel, you you know, yeah. I get PTO. There we go. You're getting yeah. you're getting your passion fulfilled by your job that you may not love, but it's it's doing that for you. Yep. I'm not wired that way. Like I just can't do it. I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't provide for the passion with something I'm not passionate about. But a lot of people can. No, and that I makes respect sense. It, yeah, you know? it's that. It's like you said. It that time of uh, what you're talking about. The time in between is like that's work for them. Yes, and then that the time where they get to celebrate or do their passion is is that pay time off it or is. whatever it is. It is. Man, it's it's a crazy <laughs> life, dude. Yeah. And, all right, so let's get back to you again. Yeah. So you do this, you do, you learn guitar, and you kind of stick with it, you kind of don't. But you, so it sounds like you've been writing even before your first concert. Yeah, if you want to call it writing, I mean, I was, it's I was writing, writing things dude. down and singing them. I don't know what they sounded like. It's, it's I, writing, dude. Yeah. I, it's writing. That's why, oh, let me give you an example, okay? Like the, those little things as kids, like when you look back and really analyze it, they're so important. Like just to do everything, like as much as you're allowed to do and as much as you're like capable to do, to get your hands in everything is so important because then one thing, then the barrier of entry is less when you get older. Yeah. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so like you, you start... It. You, you, what really happens is like when you're younger, if you're just playing around and you're like, let's put it as songwriting and you're just singing songs, writing songs, those grooves in your brain, those neurological pathways, they get, you know, it's just a little bit, it's just a little bit. Yeah. And then you just start fucking around and you're like, okay, I like this. Oh. And then when you get older and you're like, oh, this is actually what I like to do. Yes. You already have this kind of grooved out pathway. Yeah. Now you just have to either get it deeper or like branch it out to what you want. Sure. So let me give you an example of one of our friends back home in Pennsylvania, Ben Benjamin Byler. 
um, him and his brother and well his real family uh, were Amish. Okay. Okay. And up until his 16th birthday, um, where like they had Rumspringer and stuff, mm-hmm. they, his family um, decided to get away from the Amish and, okay. and buy, buy land out somewhere in the, the middle of Pennsylvania and do their own farming and stuff. And he, uh, he didn't hear music like real music wow. until he was like 16. Wow. That's so wild. you know how like we can keep beat. Yeah. And it's just natural. Yeah. I can do this while I'm talking right. to you. Yep. You know, I can do that while I'm talking to you. That's natural to us. Cause we experienced when we we're younger where like you can see him, trying to process all three things where he's he's playing guitar he's singing and he's trying to stay on beat yeah and like he's such a he's the nicest dude ever and he just loves this this is that like chase of dopamine for him Mm -hmm. um but you can tell that it's not natural to to for him to have like to know where downbeats are, to know where yeah. to clap, to know what to do. Yes. And he's gotten much, much better from the time that I know him. And he's, again, he's an awesome dude. He's actually a really good songwriter. Yeah. But it's just so crazy that, like, for us, like, if you if you got taken out of everything, it, you would just be just as lost as him. Yeah. Like, absolutely. At, at the beginning, at absolutely. the that barrier of entry for him to be, to him to be a good songwriter, understand where to, like, hit certain things or, like it it would be it's mind blowing to me that that he's doing that yeah because it's fucking tough yeah and uh i'm very thankful just to have that like little piece in when we were younger to listen to music to listen to like to be around it because it's crazy to try and start when you're 16 well right and you take it for granted the ability to i mean innate rhythm i mean yeah. there's you're either kind of born with that or you're not and it's like you just take it for granted. I mean, people that have it have it. There's a lot of things in music and in songwriting you you certainly can get better at. Yeah. But there is a certain level of like you have it or you don't, and I don't know where it comes from, and I don't know. Uh, and some people would would argue against that. I think there's certainly a level of discipline that can make you way better. But things like you know knowing how to fit words into a phrase and and having that innate sense of rhythm in your songwriting process all those things are like you kind of have to just trust that you have it or you don't and if you don't have it i i just applaud people that that go out and really grind and find it because i think that in the long run probably makes them a better writer than anybody that takes for granted that ability and doesn't do anything with it. that's interesting because i was just thinking while you were talking i was like do you think all right what do you think it is that separates it because you know i'm sure we you've written with other people right before it's like you know some people they have this uh i i don't know what to call so i'm just gonna say the best i can they have this limitation on the how uncomfortable they want to get with not only just like what they want to write about but also their their words and like sure. their phrases. So like they, you know, they kind of stop at short and simple. Like, you know, you sure. what you would, what some people would call like that, uh, like the floor Georgia line style where like it's the same four chords. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really new. Then the, the songs aren't new. Mm-hmm. The ideas are the same and the song, the words are the same. And it's like they're comfortable with doing that. Mm-hmm. 
and you know some people want to stay in that lane and yeah. they don't necessarily want to get outside that box for whatever reason then you have others who you know could also be the other extreme of where they they don't want to touch anything that sounds <laughs> remotely like you can play the same like an e to g and they're like nope can't yep. do that it needs yep. to be an e7 to a right, g right. and you're like you're like all right let's just yep. slow down yep Yep. Like it's funny watching those two extremes. Um, yes, and then trying to find out what the it, when it all comes down to it. I think majority like when your ear is like, okay, yeah, this song is pretty good. If you would listen to it and be like, yeah, I could jam to this. I think that's a good sight for you. But some people, I, I don't know. Some people like that very simple take on a song. Absolutely, just, there's a there's a beauty to both sides. And I think that's something that I, you know, you have to realize like simplicity innately is, is awesome because in, if you do, if you do simplicity, right. in songwriting, it's actually way harder than making a complicated song. Oh, like I think Chris about Stap- it's Chris, Chris Stapleton, Stapleton or like my favorite example of that is anything. John Prine is like, he can fit, whole songs in like 16 <laughs> words. Yeah. And he just happens to write more cuz he can. Yeah. And that's the type of thing that when you listen to it, you're like, "Man, this is just so simple." And then you you try to do it and you try to replicate it, and it's I call it like refinement. Like he has, you know, he had spent 15 years with all of these ideas just refining down yeah. the essence of every word and every phrase and every idea to this purity that's like like that, the Tree of Forgiveness, his last record before he died, was like, like life changing for me because I was like, this guy is. I mean, he, he was a legend for sure, but that record in particular was like the last one he did, and it was just like this. It was like just a veteran who had learned how to just almost boil down songs to the purest form, and just boom, there you go. Simple, nothing's overthought. Mm. And there's a beauty to that. It's really difficult. Now, it can go the other way. If you're not a good songwriter and you go with simplicity, you have nothing to hide behind. But say, I think Say that again. Say like, that again. If, if, you're, if you're a weak songwriter, like when I moved to town, and I'm still yeah. not a great songwriter, but when, when I was just starting out with, with bad ideas, the simplicity hurt me <clears throat> because there's nothing to hide behind. Like you can't go, oh, that's a beautiful chord in that song. And it distracts you from the, the lack of... Yeah lyric or or hook or whatever and you learn very quickly like the people that can write great songs over four chords are brilliant songwriters because it's just the song that you're hearing it's not the yes. chords you're Yo. not being distracted oh that's and really so well you said. mentioned you know florida georgia line it's like yeah their songs are simple but man they're great they, songs because really it's like song. i yeah i didn't dang. mean i didn't mean that to bash it or oh, anything because sure, sure. dude they're I mean, how many songs of those are are really, really well written? They're incredible. It's just yeah. the shit that you know. It's the persona that people give them. It's like right. You have no idea. But what I always I always tell people like try it. Yeah. Try to write one of those songs, and you realize. And this is, I think, the whole songwriting community. For what little I know about it at this point, is like, don't knock it until you've tried it. And yes, it's dude. literally that way. Like you start yeah. listening to these songs, and you're like, man, these are those are simple, and they're there's maybe some of them are silly and it's like, wait a minute, there's a reason that these are being listened to by the masses is because there's a, a tremendous skill involved in making something accessible to people 
without it losing value. This is what I think really happened is that groups like Florida Georgia Line and you know it you could argue whoever else but or like Garth Brooks maybe they made country yeah I would say Garth Brooks you know there's a there's a, a, an idea that Garth Brooks ruined country but what I mm. think they did is made country enjoyable to everybody yeah not just and you can call that pop they made it pop you know popular um but they gave it a tune to where everybody can connect to country now. Yeah. And the people that are classic country people, they're mad because now it's not theirs anymore. Maybe. Yeah. I think I think Garth Brooks is an is a is a perfect example of somebody that embraces accessibility. Like he, even as a brand. I mean Garth Brooks the best selling I think he's top 3 best selling solo artist of all time. I think he's underneath. I could be getting this wrong. I I think he's underneath the Beatles and Michael Jackson. Or he might have passed Michael Jackson. There's no way you think. It's something insane. Yeah. I looked it up the other day because I couldn't believe it. It's something insane. It's got to be. That's got to be old metrics. Maybe. And and not saying you're wrong or something. But like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Dude, the man is. Oh, yeah. But I think about like pure, pure, pure album sales. I mean, Garth Brooks is getting there with the untouchables. And the interesting thing is, he still, as a brand, as Garth Brooks, seems like a guy that you could meet in a honky-tonk and say hey to and probably grab a beer. And that's, that's to me, the secret. Like, he he is so accessible, even though he's not. Yeah. Like, he's Garth Brooks. But you feel, even like if you're going to a show, you feel like... Yeah, I'd go say hey to him after they, the show. It's the first time. Yeah, <laughs> it is, and it's like you, that's the reason I love country music. Is you know I fell in love with this idea that most of the time, at least from my experience, you're kind of seeing. It's it is what you like. You're seeing what 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 it's that person value. is. It's yeah. like yeah, that's that's who they are. You're kind of you're kind of seeing it for what it is, and I think there's a beauty to that. And like seeing some of these, you know master songwriters show up to rounds and flip-flops like just not care like i was like that's i like that because it it's almost like you're tearing that wall down between this artist or brand this persona this enigma you're making it about the song it's a it's yeah. a song thing and it's like it's a relatability thing and there's cool ways to do both like i still love bands that are like mysterious because they're they're awesome but from a country world that's that's most of the reason i love country so much is because the, to me the most successful artists at the moment are people that you just feel like you can connect there's with. yeah they're not hiding anything and they're yeah. not really putting on anything for better or for worse yeah. I don't know dude did you, you see know. Luke Combs recently yeah uh, the refund did. thing <sighs> dude yeah, it's a perfect example oh my god yeah and when he uh, he 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 made the speech right before he's saying mm-hmm. doing this. I just about teared up with him. I'm like, mother... It's crazy, God. man. Damn, for him to go comes. out there and... And the big thing was, if he you know, if he canceled the show for, for voice fatigue <clears> and then refunded, it would be like, that's great of you. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that he said, here's I'm, your money back, but I'm still going to play to the best the of my ability. The best damn show, free like, show dude, we can do. That's insane. Because it's... What that does is that values your fans over everybody or everything else. And that's huge because... There's a lot of ways that it, it, at a, at that level where he's at, I mean, he could t- totally get away with canceling the show, 
refunding the tickets, getting on a bus, and going somewhere yeah. else. And that's like, yeah, and that's 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 a lot of, to me that that has a lot to say about his character as a as an artist and yeah. as a person. Take you know? take country, all right. You want to know why paparazzi isn't crazy down here? Mm. It's because the artist, they they don't like, they're humble. Yeah, it, they. Oh, good through, point. Yeah, they've been through this fucking grind. Yeah, of of you know trying to making it. Now I'll I'll admit we have we have to point out that some artist they for whatever reason maybe it was you know like the voice or the american idol and they didn't have that grind so they don't know necessarily how to be humble sure a few things happen then they'll either die off quick or Mm. you know they'll learn i got a great example when we talk about it after but um you know a lot of these country artists like they embrace it yeah you know they 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 are so appreciative yeah of the time and energy that other people spend on them where mm-hmm. like you got other artists and, and other genres who just, they hate it. And, mm. the f- and that's what fucking people like. They love, they love the, uh, the hate basically. Like people mm. want to see the hate that they hate almost being in the fame, being in the spotlight. Mm. It's like, it is a track. Like I've, I've gone out of YouTube rabbit hole, just looking at like bad paparazzi interactions because it's like watching a car crash. Yeah. It's like you know you'd never want to be in that situation, yeah. but there's something really intriguing about like it, it I think what it is is it's it's a contradiction because everybody thinks you'd want to be in those shoes. Like I look at Bieber all the time. Like Justin Bieber, everybody in their minds like of course you'd want to be Justin Bieber. But then you watch it's like he can't go on a walk. Yeah. In a park without getting hounded by you know cameras and photographers so it the contradiction is like you're seeing somebody with what you would deal as like a perfect life but you're seeing something that you would never want to have to deal with at the same time and that i think that's why like fame is such an interesting thing because again i'm not famous and and i don't know what it's like but i can imagine that fame at this point everybody that's been famous has figured out that fame sucks to some degree there'll be people that love it more than others but i've never heard somebody go yeah man this is just the greatest thing in the world i've heard a lot of you don't really realize what it's going to be like until you get it and then when you get it you're like this is this is hard this is not what i thought it was going to be and maybe you know maybe i'm wrong maybe there are people out there that just love it but i i haven't seen it well i think it comes with the I think comes with a certain maturity and that's why I think country music is so interesting because a lot of the artists don't really do anything until their thirties. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Now that's not everybody, but if you take a a, a group of them, it's like you're 30 ish until you start making some noise, real noise. Sure. And at that level, I think you faced enough things head on to where this idea of being famous you it's 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 the idea of facing the beast right away like all these problems that you have that or that you think you're going to have if you face them head on they actually turn out not to be that bad sure you know but if you start hiding from your problems that's why i think this whole like being famous isn't what it's all cracked up to be it's like no I, i'm pretty sure it is okay mm. it's it's your perception 
on what you're doing and not being honest with yourself. Sure. I think it comes down to, and again, I'm not fucking famous, so I don't <laughs> know. But I think, uh, but I've seen, I've met fucking, I'm sure you have too. Like in our, in my life, I met five star, well, not five stars, but I've met four star generals, like fucking top of the top people that you respect the shit out of. People that I've opened up for are huge. Like yeah. when it comes down to it, it's like, you can tell the ones that are scared of their own skin and uh, the ones that are uncomfortable with their own skin. Yeah. Because there's an honesty about themselves. They have the self-actualization that, like, you can just smell. Yeah. You know the guys that are humble and true. Yeah. Like Hardy. Yeah. Okay? That dude, I I, I opened up for him um, 2019. Yeah. And just the nicest dude. Oh, nicest so dude, cool. And he's still, I'm sure, the nicest dude. <clears throat> yeah. Where, like, there's another band that I've opened up for. Yeah. And Not so dude. much. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that has a lot to do. I, I think the actualization of, like, you're just a dude is huge. Man, I'm learning that, like, oh, my gosh. Just the move. You know, we, we've been here for five and a half months, and, like, I have been humbled in such a good way. Very hard, very difficult to like sit there and evaluate what you thought. The expectation was, of course, everybody moves here and to some degree has an unrealistic expectation of what town will you know, be like. And I still don't really know what that will look like because I'm not quite far enough in there. But I can tell you from the first five months that I don't think I, – I don't think that – you'll come here and, and go, yeah, this is, I'm as good as I thought I was. I don't think anybody will. Or I don't think you'll ever get here and go, yeah, like this is, I'm, I'm great. I'm, I don't need to improve. I'm good. I got it down. Like, no, it's like, it is the exact opposite, actually. You get into rooms and you're with people that are, you know, so much better. And you realize like, this is such a discipline. And, and it's not, you're not walking into Nashville with your talent and ability in this bag and like using it the whole time. Cause it's, it'll, it'll be gone. It'll, it'll be used up by week two because you're going to be in rooms where you're the talent and the ability is so high. Yeah. You'll use every ounce of what you have for just one day. <laughs> yeah. And it's like some people are doing it seven days a week or, you know, five days a week. And so I've learned very quickly, like much, much more about discipline than, than talent. Which is, it sounds so cliche. It sounds like everybody said that. But, like, truthfully, at least in the songwriting realm, it has so much more to do with discipline. Set talent works, or work, hard work outworks talent when talent doesn't yeah. work hard. It's, yeah, you know, it's exactly. the same thing. It's the same that. exact thing. And nobody <laughs> wants to admit it. You, like, I moved here, it was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I'll go straight into this, or I'll go straight into this, and I'll find success here. It's like, well, it's so stupid. It's yeah. such an unrealistic expectation. I came down. We uh, we. Uh, I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say this without leaving too much. Um, when we came down, we were in Pennsylvania. We opened up for a lot of people. Yeah, had a lot of not necessarily connections, but acquaintance. Sure, like like we could be like, oh hey yeah hey yeah. what's up like yeah. oh yeah man I remember you and so like yeah, and this one dude, you know, we got our mind. We had our mind made up about Nashville before we even touched Nashville mm. about what we were going to do. 
about mm. how we're going to do it. And it wasn't necessarily from our opinion. It was other people telling us shit. Sure. About like, no, you don't want to do that. That's dumb. Like, do this. And I'm like, okay, this guy's been here. Like, yeah. he's done it. Like, yeah. He probably knows. Yeah. And then, I'm, you know, the more I'm down here, the more I'm like, that fucking guy's just sad. Like, he's he's sad because... <laughs> This is the way that just so happened one one or two times it happened for him or something. And like, but man, like I didn't just recently, like maybe a week or so ago, I was like, I need to stop, stop trying to fight Nashville and just embrace it. I've heard that, you know, yeah, like just kind of go with it, understand what it is like. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I moved down with the band. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they live down a little further south. But, you know, before, before we moved down, we're like, no, we want to do, like, original stuff, like, original this, and, like, no Broadway gigs, whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, shit, man. It's like, that's just not necessarily how it can work. Like, you, sure. can, do, you can make it that way, but I think it's easier to just catch some flies with honey, right? Like, mm. and understand, like... My big thing after that was like, all right, let me do Broadway gigs and let me do band Broadway gigs or like, you know, that let me do the grind a little bit. And if I'm like, this is not the path I want or I don't see any success after this or doing this, I'm like, okay, but at least I gave it a shot. Sure. And that's what we're here to fucking do. Oh, yeah. Knock yeah. down all the doors we can right. and try it out. Right. Yeah. The, the, whole, the whole idea of just uh, reservation is out the window when you move here in terms of like self-reservation about any real decision towards music. Like yeah. if you're having reservation about, you know, uh, sh- <laughs> even something as simple as like, should I, should I go out tonight and try to meet people? It's like, yes, you yeah. should. Uh, should I, you know, should I write today or should I not? You should write. It's like, it's, it's <laughs> gone. The whole idea of like, sh- should I is like, if you moved here to really do it, you gotta, you gotta do it. And the worst thing that's going to happen is you're you're gonna fail at that one thing. You're gonna step back and say, "All right, I failed at that. I got to go somewhere else." That's how you grow. That's how you you move forward with that. Like yeah. it's essential. You have to fail, <clears throat> and and failure is terrifying. So it's like easier said than done. Yeah. But I totally understand that, and I, I like that idea. It's like you got to try it. You got to get here, and you just got to do it. Yeah. You can't talk about it much either, because there's thousands and thousands of people in the exact same spot yeah doing the exact same thing that want the same things and it's like talking about it i learned real quick is like an, an echo chamber of the same people oh i want to do this and this and this i was like that's great but i've learned that the people that are actually doing it aren't talking about it much they're just there they're doing it they're they're out you know they're out networking or they're writing every day or they're making disciplines or they're by themselves you know, in the room, not depending on other people. Yeah. That's a big thing too. Like being, you know, independent enough to like, I don't know, kill that ego a little bit and be like, yeah, I'm just gonna write by myself today. Cause I don't have enough co-writes this week to, to have a write with somebody every yeah. day. It's like, yeah. Or, yeah. Process. Or at least taking the time to talk to yourself. Yes. Like that's a big one too. It is. You, you get these people down here who, and you can, you can spot them a mile away. They, all they have are complaints about the industry sure and you're like oh it's you're not like it's an easy hole to fall into because especially if you're new it's like it's easy to complain about it because it's hard it's clicky 
it's it's <laughs> i mean it i it's, one of my friends called it it's a college or a high school whatever you want to look at it and i was like what does that mean and yeah. then about three and a half months in i was like oh that's yeah. what that means i yeah. this is a this is a group over here and they're all so tight and they're, they're super nice like I've, I've yet to meet somebody here that's like straight up mean but it's interesting because it's it, you have to understand that if I've been friends with a group of people for four years and there's this kid coming into town that wants to write, it's like you might say yes once, but you're not going to get invited to the, the hangout afterwards immediately. That's just an unrealistic. Nobody would do that. Yeah. You got to earn that. And you got to <laughs> you got to suck that up and you got to say, I'm not going to be invited to everything immediately. I'm not going to be a part of these groups immediately. I may never be a part of them. And that's where that self like that independence has to be there because if that if that self-drive is not there i think very quickly it's going to defeat you yeah so easily because it's just like people are going to do what they do they're in their own groups you're new you just have to look at like i have to i'm new i'm i'm the new guy i have no intrinsic pushing pulling power in town yeah you know it's like it's it's a value thing and it doesn't, yeah. it sounds kind of depressing, but it's like, it's just, it's honesty. Like I have no intrinsic value yet yeah. in town for people to be like, yeah, come on. And I hope it'll, it'll get there. And I think it will, Yeah. but you have to realize that first, you know, you can't sit there and go, no, I, this stuff is amazing. Why aren't you letting me in these rooms or yeah. it's like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's, it's funny, man. Cause we were just talking, uh, me and this other guy were talking about, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily find the mean people because everybody, there is one dude that was just a <laughs> dickhead. You know, he thought like, so when you reach out to do rounds and stuff, you're like, yeah. hey, I'd love to do a round. Yeah. Here's some of my stuff. Yeah. And, you know, some people will reply back. And, and if they don't, is what it is. Yeah. But people reply back, their response is either like, oh, yeah, sure, come on. Or, you get some people who are like, well, come on out and like meet me. Like, come mm. down. Let's meet in person. It's like, okay. And in my head, I'm always going to give them once. Like, yeah. cool. I'll meet you. Like, sure. let's meet. Like, you can see who I am. And then after that, if they're like, if you get this, like, oh, just keep coming out. I'm like, all right, waste of time. Because you mm. don't, you don't, you're not actually interested. What sure. you want is you, you want me to come there and like, just play this rigmarole when there's, to me, there's a bunch of other rounds that I can cut my teeth on without catering to you. It's like they yeah. want this catering to them, like they to to give them a bigger presence and not. Or maybe they just I think a lot of people don't like saying no flat out. I've learned that like direct no's in town are hard to come by. I don't know if that's because people are overall very kind or if it's a it's just not an easy thing to say. And so I've gotten a lot of, hmm. you know, the Nashville no is notoriously like three mistext or like three unresponse. The Nashville text. no. That's yeah, a like, good one. I've That's heard that funny. before. It's like after three emails or text messages, you might, you might need to stop <laughs> reaching out. Not all the time, but I think a lot of, a lot of times it is a, it's hard to say no. Cause I think you don't want to, upset anybody's feelings it's it is a small town and so you definitely don't want to be perceived as the guy that like shut this person down so a lot of times it's a dragging out of like 
you're never really going to say no That's as true. much as you're just going to say, yeah, come, come hanger. The big one for me is I quickly figured out that if people send, there's a huge difference between if people send you to their Instagram or if they send you to your, your phone number. So it's, and it's super smart. Like when you're, when you're introducing each other, if you, if you get sent to Instagram, sometimes it's great. You can send them a DM, DM and then they, they get back to you and you connect. But it can also be a great way to not respond to somebody because they don't have your personal number. So they're yeah. swearing all those little business things and like strategy wise, I now understand why somebody would do that, especially if you're out every single night and you've got 10 people coming up to you wanting rights. I get yeah. it. But there's just an interesting, uh, I think my perspective shifted from looking at it and going, dang, all these people are just being dishonest to where it, it's gone from that to now I'm like, no, I know why they do that. I know why they have to do that. Or I know why it's easier for you to, you know, send somebody your email and not respond to them versus just flat out saying no in public. <laughs> like, that's pretty harsh. I don't think anybody would want to do that. Um but that's a good. I don't no, know. That's a good perspective. Man. I think it's. That's I think I would benefit of the doubt there. I would say that most people just don't want to say no to your face, which is because it's hard and it's like it's uncomfortable. And again, maybe I'm. I got rose-colored glasses on that. I don't know. No, I think <laughs> I, honestly, I think that's the best way to look at it because I don't think I'm necessarily taking it personal. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's it's one of those things where it's like I think sometimes. Maybe I don't know. You're you're probably right, and yeah. it's it's just a way. I mean, let's be honest. There are a bunch. There are so many people in here trying to get on rounds. Yeah, so like hundreds it, and hundreds for somebody to say, you know, why don't you just keep coming out, keep coming out? Yeah, I know it's like a face value thing. Like, oh, I see you again. Yep. Okay, I got a, I got one coming up. Um, and I also got a piece of advice from uh, uh, a very high up at a publishing house, and she said. She goes, I would pick a persistent person to sign over the more talented writer if I saw that that individual emailed me every month mm -hmm. with songs. She, so she was like, I, if I gave you know, two emails, I gave one to the better writer, and I didn't hear from him until you know, four months after. Or if I gave the email to the not-so-great writer, but that guy was sending me songs every single month, and following up and showing face and coming out to things and yeah. making that active effort. She was like, I would sign him. And that was like, oh, wow. Because I think, I mean, you think about how busy and how little time most of these higher up people in the business, you know, have. Yeah. Or lack of time they have. It's like they want to see somebody come up to them. And in a lot of ways, you, I think I can trick myself into thinking like, oh, I don't want to bug them. I don't want to yeah. bother them. It's like, well, no, no, no. That's not, that's not how it works for me. It's like, if you really want something, you're gonna, you're gonna try for it. And I think they see the same thing. Okay, does this guy really want this? He's gonna send me one email, and if I don't respond, he's out. Or is he like almost annoying me? And you don't want to be annoying. There's a fine line. But for for me, that persistence is like, I've had to realize that sometimes it's even more beneficial to have. Four freaking coffees with somebody, and not talk anything about music. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then the fifth time you get coffee, you're like, "Hey, let's write." It's like, "Well, that there you go." So now you've got a relationship. They want to yeah. write. 
versus coming in and going, you know, first thing, hey, let's write a song. A lot of times that doesn't work. Um, I would, I did it is a big mistake because you rub people the wrong way. Because songwriting is such a relational thing. A good session should be vulnerable and it should yeah. be intimate. And it's like you can't. I don't know. I think it would be dangerous no, for good, you to just like go that's a good point. The, yeah, with it without without developing relationship first. I think it's why most people make friends before business yeah. partners here. You know, no, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, it's a great perspective, man. Yeah, haven't haven't heard that. You know, there's so much of the the industry. So like, we've been in Pennsylvania. We had a, re- a really good run, good momentum mm-hmm. up there, and you can only grow necessarily so much um, organically. I'll say. Yeah. You know, at the point we were up, we needed some other connection. Yeah. And so, I have. I know I have a lot of views and a lot of ways about me that come from me having to do like it all up there yeah to make our own scene and shit where it's like you know down here down here it's definitely a different game it's it's, it's well it's the same game it's just played a little differently it is so it's like i like I, I do love what you're saying about it's definitely what you say make friends before business partners it's or something. Yeah. If, if i had to tell somebody and again i don't know anything yet but if i had to tell somebody one piece of advice before moving i would say Move here and make friends. Yeah. For the first six, seven months, just make friends. Literally, don't worry about who they are. Don't worry about their connections. Don't worry if they're this or that. That's make true. friends. Because yeah. I quickly realized you can you can get a right with somebody eat pr- fairly easily. And people like people are so kind in town. Even you know, big guys in the in the writing world will give you a shot. But you start running that down, and you go, okay. What do you, you know, let's say, what do you want from this? It's like, you want a career. Okay, what what constitutes a career? What It constitutes follow-up. So if you want to, you know, if you want to play shows for a living, that constitutes somebody calling you up to ask, will you come on the road with me? That is not going to happen from you sitting in a room with somebody for four hours that you don't know and leaving. It will happen if you are friends. Because people call on friends for these things. It's very yeah. rare that you call on somebody from a pure business standpoint. Most of the time, it's, uh, no, this is my buddy. We, we love yeah. each other. We, we go hang out all the time. Yeah. I want him on the road. And so I started thinking through that, and it's like, I mean, I've yet to hear a different perspective. I, I, I mean, uh, That's true. It's like friends. Everybody, all, these, all these guys that have number ones, it's their friends. It's their buddies that they were hanging out with for mm-hmm. four years. They wrote a bunch of songs in their apartments, and then, boom, he pops off. They've got a string of number ones, and from the surface, that that looks like a very well-orchestrated business decision. Like, <laughs> oh, we put this guy with this guy. It's like, no, right. no, no. These guys were hanging out, and they kept hanging out despite anything, any status. Yep. That's super it's – and it's a shift. It takes the pressure off of this whole, like, am I making the right connections? You know, just find people that you enjoy hanging out with. Because at the end of the day, th- those are going to be the people that are going to take you somewhere or you're going to take them somewhere because you love them and you're part of a family versus this, oh, let's Google the best opener in Nashville. I want to take him on the road. It's like, that's not how that works. Yeah. I don't think. Again, I don't know. 
But that, at, at I don't super know. high levels, it actually it does. I know, if, yeah, like the stadium ship. Sure, because that's a uh, that's a real business thing. It's a money yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. But I think for lower level stuff, yeah, just to get started, it's like you're calling your friends. Yeah, no, for sure. If you want to write on an off day, you're not calling the dude that you met it. Live oak one time, yeah, and you had one good ride. You're calling your your boys that you you go eat with or you go fish with or whatever it is. Those are people you're calling up. Yeah, I feel know? that, and it takes humility too. It takes self control, like intentionally not talking about music. Sometimes is big, especially for people that've been in the industry. Yeah, not talking their ear off about music because they hear it every day. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> no, that's you so know? so true, man. That's but, very, very true. I don't know. No, you do know. I mean, I'm are, spitting it out. I'm I'm a verbal processor, so it's like I say all these things and probably lose myself in conversation and come back. But yeah, I think that's what I found to be true. It's like don't worry so much about how many people you know. Worry about making friends. Yeah. People that if you took music away, people that you'd go, I just really want to hang out, or I want to go watch a football game with them, or I. I want to have dinner, or I want to go out to the lake, or whatever. Absolutely, you know? man. I think that's huge. No, that that definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. What? All right. I know we got off, but... <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> so you went to Switchfoot, mm-hmm. and, and then what happened after that? Because I know you got... What happened between you and your band Cloud something? Cloudland. Cloudland. Uh, yeah, so we... Switchfoot... Ninth grade, high school, love sports, still love sports. What did you play? Baseball, and then uh, uh, I ran. You ran? ran track and field and cross country. What you? Uh, what were your events? Uh, 800 and uh, regrettably the mile, usually. Why regrettably? Because I hated it. What was your, like, what were your best times? Best mile time was 508. Damn, though. I wanted, I never broke five. five. Uh, and then I don't remember my 800 times. I liked the 800 more. I wasn't as good at the 800 as the mile. I just hated the mile. I feel that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I did sports through high school. Still loved them and loved them in high school. But gradually, as I got through, like, I think by sophomore year, I was kind of feeling like I like music and art, the art side more. So yeah. I actually ended up, like, by my junior year, I was, I I was cutting baseball practice short to go to the theater class, basically. Oh, so theater. Like, okay. Yeah, so like we had like we had baseball practice at say you know an hour after school, and then I, I met my wife in a musical, which is wild. No way. Yeah, West Side what? Story. No way. Yeah, <laughs> and so we had practice, and so I just gradually like by the end of that, you know, the high school thing, I was so engrossed in singing and song and whatever. I was just like, this is this is what I want to do. So it died out. I went to college, and we formed a band while we were all in separate states. Where where'd you go to college? I went to Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. And so uh, I, I did two years in person, and then we got to where we, for some, for some crazy reason, we stayed a band yeah. in different states for two years. We recorded on breaks, so we were... Like, we recorded our first EP uh, during Christmas break. 
like got Christmas money literally went straight to the studio. Oh wow! Spent two yeah, days yeah. and like practiced the night before, having never practiced together. Like it was wild. That's so great. It was wild. <laughs> And so we did that for two years, and then we finally like got to the point where we were like, we probably need to move together if we're gonna pursue this indie rock band thing, because Cloudland's an you know indie rock band. So we moved to Athens, Georgia, because our guitar player was getting his you know degree there, and it's a great music town, and it's like you can kind of dip your toe in music without Nashville swallowing you up. Nashville yeah. is so much, you know, more cutthroat. I feel like Athens is a good kiddie pool if that makes sense. Like you can, you can get in the music scene and, and kind of learn some things and cut your teeth without getting swallowed up. So we did that for two years. And like, ironically, it's what, what I was saying. The, the cool full circle is by the end of that, the band's, you know, career so far, like we had played the Georgia theater. So the Georgia theater is where I saw my first show as a ninth grader. And the band got to play that stage mm-hmm. Uh, December of 2019, I believe, which was incredible. I went, like, my dad was in the audience, like, my mom, and, like, I was on stage. How'd you, and it was like, wild. were you opening or how? Yeah, we were opening for my, for my, for my buddy, and he, <clears throat> oh my gosh, I just, that night was nuts. Cause it was like, it was a, literally a dream. Yeah. I was like, I was walking down, I, like, we went backstage, and I'm like, I'm sitting, I'm about to walk on the stage where I, saw the band yeah. and I knew I wanted to play music from that night. Um, but yeah, we did, you know, that band did everything we wanted to do uh, in terms of locally, like Athens, we played all the venues and we had fun. And then uh, it got to a point where uh, our guitarist moved to Vandy. So to here uh, to pursue grad school. And we all kind of sat and said, you know, is this something we want to continue this way or not? And I just prayed through it and felt like, this is my time to, to go. Like if you're yeah. going to pursue a career, you got to pursue it full force. So we moved to Nashville five and a half months ago. And, uh, I fell in love with country. I've been in love with country forever, but I, for a while there, I thought country wasn't cool. Cause it was like what my parents had listened to, what my grandparents had listened to. Like every kid from the South goes through this, like, at least for me, yeah. this rebellious period where yeah. you're like, ah, oh, it sucks. It's like, it doesn't suck. The beauty is I love all of it. I love indie rock as much as I love country. Writing-wise, nothing beats writing country music for me. It's just the most fun thing in the world because it's such a story-based, narrative-based <clears throat> you know, thing. I think it's also something that you can... It's probably the most tangible of all songwritings because a lot of the other stuff is... Um, it's it, A lot of country is just guitar and vocals. Yes. Like you can picture stripped down yes where like yes a lot of the other genres they they rely on the instrumentation absolutely a lot yep it's so a great I, it's I a great that. example and it's, yeah and so for me that was like i actually was still in athens and i got invited to write here i, I think that this was last year oh by okay. uh three dudes that well one guy that had no business inviting me to the to the right like he was just that nice Meaning, mm. like, it, it, I just didn't deserve to be in the room. Yeah. And I got in there with, with him and then another guy. I mean, they're miles ahead of me. And I sat there, and I literally, I think I wrote two words that that right. But I sat there and watched it. Yeah. And I watched the process. And I was like, it, it was like, it was like a drug. I, like, literally got so, I was hooked on it. Like, after the right, I, like, felt, 
I, I couldn't explain the feeling. I was like, that's what I, yeah. I love to do. I want to do that more. And so fast forward, and it was specifically country. And that's when I started going, okay. And so I listened back and like, I listened back to all of these records that I'd neglected, you know, from like my grandparents had a bunch of Marty Robbins records. Oh, it's like, yeah. I listen to all these things and I'm like, this is amazing stuff. So I fell in love with country again. Yeah. You know, all the while, I mean, I'm from South Georgia, like definitely had to, I had to balance the line between like, I love indie rock, but like I would go hunt and fish on weekends. And it's like, you can't have those very mutually exclusive. Or so, pardon me. I think both of those are pretty mutually exclusive. Sorry. <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> I think individually they're great, but they don't go together very well. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, the, yeah. the indie scene is like, no, that's what you are. You, 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 you know, you're not going to post Instagram about catching a fish. It's like, that's not cool. So right. the country thing felt natural to me. Cause like, that's what I love to do. And I think country music can be so many things. It's fun now. Cause it's like, yeah, I love indie rock as much as I love country music. I do it both. Uh, I don't know. That's like where I've, yeah. where I've come to. So that's like the short, the short story or long story of, of getting to that point. It was just falling in love with country music again, and then really falling in love with the process of writing it. I like you what know. you said uh, about country music. Like what I really think happened is, uh, you know, with Garth and kind of that progression to where a lot of people will, will point out like Fuller George line. What happened is I think it, it made country, uh, like I said, more palatable for everybody, but also it made country this catch all mm -hmm. group where like, if you don't know what you are, well, guess what your country. Mm -hmm. And the reason yep. being is that like, you know, the fans of country, um, weren't necessarily political in their tastings. It was like, yeah. if that's a good song, a good you're going to know about yep. it. Yep. Where it's like, you know, if you're an indie group <laughs> or if you're somebody else, you can have good songs. Uh, but it was almost like a, I was briefly in the indie group, like not me personally, but like seeing behind and understanding. Yep. It's like, you know, depending on where you were at or whatever, it was like you, it was like a competition to see almost how like avant-garde you could be. Absolutely. Dude, I'm so glad you said yeah. that. Cause it absolutely was like, and, and I love Everybody in Athens in that yeah. scene, I love them to death. Some of the best people yeah. in the world. But the part I got so fed up with was this, it was this, this constant effort to, to, to be different. Like any way you could just to be different. Yep. Not because you actually were like, that was a big thing for me. Are you, are you really, you know, are you this, is this who you are? Or is it just cause it looks cooler to do this cause nobody else is doing it. And then yeah. the irony of that is, you all actually end up being the same because yeah. everybody's trying to be different. So there's this crowd of people that are all this way and they're all the same, but they're, they all think they're being a little bit different and I get it. Like I get it, but I got tired of it because it, it didn't feel like you could just be your, your, like yeah. you couldn't express certain opinions. That was a big thing. Or oh, you couldn't, you, you couldn't dress a certain way because yeah. it would be like, why are you wearing that? And it's just funny to me because it's like, I still have some of that in me, for sure. Like I'm not a redneck. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna act like a redneck. Yeah. But I get it. But I'm not fully this, you know, Dickies pants, uh, you know, 
dude, boot I, wearing guy. That's, I get it. You yeah. know, <laughs> like gonna hang out at Whole Foods. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that guy. No. So I don't know. I'm somewhere in between. Dude, it's dude, a hard place to be, I guess. It's so funny because oh, that's a good song too. Uh, is that like that would be a good song too? Yes. Like somewhere between. Somewhere in between. Sure. Fucking, do you have your phone on you? Yeah. I text me that right yeah, now because I, I want to. I love that see idea. If that's a song. Somewhere in between. <laughs> Just text me that somewhere in between. I will. I do that right now. Because, dude, it's so funny. Like, when I. Uh, here's the thing. Like, when you start out in music, I would never. There's two ideas that come to mind and two, two thoughts. Like, what's the first thing anybody tells you? Oh, you got to be like to make it in the music business. They're like, oh, you got to be different. Sure. You know? Yeah. And at first, if you're just getting into the scene, that is, I personally, I I don't think that's anything you should focus on Mm. because then you take away, actually, you try and focus on who you are so much that you don't even realize who you are. You don't even know why you're trying, like what you're doing to figure out who you are. Because guess what? Like, if you just, if you, if I were to tell somebody like, hey, how do I become different? I'd be like, play everything, learn every single song you can and play it and then see if you can put your own spin on it. Like, yeah. do everything, do everything not like you. Mm. Like, try and mimic, try and mimic who you like to be. Try and become another person and then like, and then Become yourself. Like, understand what you like. Okay, do you like more rock songs? What you like and what you don't like. Yeah. Yeah, I like that and a lot. Don't, and, Try be honest, and be honest with yourself. Because yeah. when I started out, I I didn't wear ripped up jeans or anything. Like, <laughs> And I and it's not that I hated it. It's yeah. just like, it just wasn't me. And now I'm like, you know, I was more of this like, uh, people thought I was like this innocent country boy. Yeah. Okay, and I was like, all right, I get it. Yeah. And, and then uh, when I got my drummer, and like we started playing shit that like I liked to rock and roll, like sure. performing. So when I, when we would perform, I I would mimic. I would be like, oh, I like what Luke Bryan's doing. Sure. Oh shit, I like what Luke Holmes did. Yeah. And, and then like that became, I was like, oh, this is the type of show by mimicking other people and by trying to understand what I like about their performances yeah. or their songs. I get to become my own person and sure. put on our show. Like we're a rock band. Like when we play a show, we rock out. We're in your face. It's still you know country songs and stuff, but like that that it was the best decision that I was like, all right, I'm just going to not su- super be worried about being different. But you know, it's and that takes humility because th- then what you're saying is like, let me figure this out first. Yeah, because it's not a very confident thing to be like, I gotta figure this out. But it's true. Like, you 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 have to figure out what you do and don't like, and the only way to do that is to try it. I completely agree with that. Like when I first moved to town, my big thing was like, pop, no, no, like no pop, whatever that means. Like I was like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) No pop. What's that mean? I don't. I don't know. I I just was like, pop. pop, I'm stay away from it. (laughs) It's and it's weird because now I've written non-pop songs or whatever you know non-pop country songs i want to say radio maybe radio friendly songs or whatever that whatever that means you've written mainstream songs i've written both sides yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. written songs that would never be played on the radio and i've written songs that would be and i've found oh shoot i actually enjoy most of the time the songs that probably could be played on the radio i was like okay what does that mean what does that mean it's like well it probably means you enjoy writing more pop country stuff 
But the difference comes at the very end of that journey, it's still me. Yeah. So I have to figure out who I am. And, and usually that looks like some sort of indie rock spin or like I have a big thing where I don't, I do not want to write about redneck stuff because that, that stuff's been covered. Those, Interesting. those, yeah. those things have been put in songs and there's a whole group of people that have that covered and I can't fake that. So like, it's hard for me to write about it. That's interesting. I can't fake it. So I'm somewhere in between. Again, Southern, yes. Do I love to hunt and fish? I do. But that's about where the buck stops for me. It's, it's Yeah, <laughs> like, it's this know. developing, and this is not for everybody, and it is for some people, you know? It's, uh, it's diving into this persona of who you want to be. Yeah. And like thinking, it's just another click, you know. It's just another yeah. click that you just people have to find get somewhere into. else. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I see people do it all the time. I see like, I mean, we all do. Like, just to be, just to get a friend. Yes, you know, just to get a friend, yes. just to feel like you belong. That's yes. why we do it. It's oh, really, it's always it's because That's we belong. Great. Like you think, I, I honestly think to myself, like, you know, I grew up in country. Yeah, in and I see, you know, people like really diving into this. I'm like. Can't imagine you like necessarily doing this. Some of the stupid shit, like sure. you know, it's it's just to fit in. I'm like, we all do, we all do just yep. to fit in. Yep. But it's like that's never who I want to be. Mm. Now, as far as writing goes, I think that's an interesting take because I can write about shit like that. Uh, I'm not, um, like you said, I'm not country. I have yeah. no problem writing about it because sure. I can put myself in the shoes. Sure. That's and, a talent for sure. And it's not like, I think you can too, man. It's just, it's, would you sing it? Like, uh -huh. would you be the one to sing it? And it's like, all right, well then more times. No, absolutely. You I know? think most of the time. Yeah. If I yeah. finish a song, I'm like, I'm not going to sing this. Then I have to sit there and go, it made me a better songwriter, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was probably a great time with the people that I was with. Yeah. Great. But I'm not singing that. I don't yeah. want to sing that. I don't, I can't relate to that. And I think the big thing for me is like, even in narrative stories, like even in quote unquote fictional stories and songs. So if, if there's a heartbreak that that you didn't have, that didn't, yeah, yeah. didn't. Well, it's interesting though because the heartbreak thing, the reason that always works, even though it could be a fictional story, is because everybody's had a heartbreak. It's just moving the furniture around it to to make it different. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be that you broke. You know, you got your heart broken on a dirt road. But you got your heart broken, so you know what it feels like. Yeah, you're just moving it around, and I love that because it's, it's not only is it not just mine, but I can share that with people because somebody yeah. might actually have that experience. But it's also more fun for me because you're performing something, yeah. you're telling a story, and that's, you know. So I to go back to what I was saying about that, it's like for me that's where I want to fall. Everything I want to write and put out. It doesn't have to be completely true, as yeah. in I actually did every single one of these things, but it has to be true enough that I experienced each core of the song, but it may have not looked the same way. I feel what you're saying. So it has to be that. That's my line. Because otherwise, I don't feel like I'm being honest. And if I'm not honest to that degree, I don't want to sing it. Even You can tell you know, it comes off inauthentic, too. Yes, Right. People see through that pretty easily, yeah. I feel like. Like, yeah. Hardy, you know. <laughs> oh, I do know. I do know. But the beauty of that is, man, like, it's a perfect example. Because this, 
So they, you know, wait in the truck. The the, yeah. the new song he put out with Lainey Wilson, you know, that is like one of the first murder songs in a long time that came That's out good. from yeah. a popular artist. And yeah. when people ask about like, like the first questions I got after moving out of the indie scene into the country scene was like, you know, well, is it, you know, is it fake? Is it all fake? It's like, no, it's storytelling. It's like Johnny Cash didn't kill a man and end up in prison. <laughs> yeah. But the beauty of that, and the reason people listen to it, is he could have. So it's like that thing in him. You buy it because you're like, yeah, that, I bet he could have. He's yeah. an outlaw. He's this guy. Yeah. It's like you buy it because there's a believability yeah. in the performer and in the personality of the person that you're like, yeah, I could see that in there. And I think Hardy does that really well. It, it, is he going to kill somebody? No. It would ruin his career. But... Could he do that in protection of somebody else? Probably. Yeah. Like no, that, that's and, a great and everybody point. that listens to that song, hopefully, thinks, man, I'd probably do that for somebody too, even if you wouldn't, even if it would never happen. The reason I love that song is I'm like, wow, I, that's admirable. And, you know, depending on how you view that song. But that's where my. That's a good point, man. Yeah. That's a really great. Yeah. It's not so much, is it true? you know, in the sense that did you actually do these things? It's way more, could you? And is it believable for you if you put mm. those, you know, let's say if it's playing a character in a song and you're supposed to play this character, could you play that character and it be believable? I think that's yeah. the beauty of country music. Oh, man, that's an awesome that's an awesome take on it. Like, can you be the character in the song Yeah. of, of where this journey's going to take you? I mean, that's really what it is. That's right? it. Like, you, you try and make it relatable. You can yeah. do any story you want, yeah. but you got to be careful because people will see the moment that you can't play that character. They know, you yeah. know, the moment you sing about something that they they can't connect with yourself, like you. It's like, oh, I'm out, I'm out. I don't want to hear that, you know. And a lot of times that falls into like the way you're singing about love is a, is a big one for me. Like I can't really sing mm -hmm. about falling in love with a girl on a dirt road by a lake or whatever, and it'd be believable. For me, that's just for me. Yeah. Like, because of the way I'm wired and the personality I have, and also my personal experiences. Like, it's not how my wife and I met. It's really hard for me to fake that one. Yeah. Breakups are easy. You can you can talk about breakups because everybody's been broken up with. But in saying that, it's like, you got to find what's believable. And people, again, immediately pick it out. Like, it's astounding. The people that know, know immediately. TikTok's really good at that. Those people, even if it's algorithmical or al al algorithmic-based stuff, they know what's believable and what's not. True. It's like immediate. If you sing something honest, they're like, oh, I like this. And if you sing something disconnected just to sound like something on the radio, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't care about it. Yep. I don't want to hear it. No, that's really good. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, know. true. That's very, very true. So, what your, uh, you met your wife in high school. Mm -hmm. Did you guys date? Have you guys been dating since high school? We started dating. She was, we dated my senior year. She was already in college. Okay. Yeah. So she, we've done, we did distance for four years, which is pretty wild considering like, you know, I'd known I wanted to do music as a career and with that you know that entails travel and distance and so we're like 
a well-oiled machine of distance because we did for four years. I was in Florida and she was in Tennessee. Oh, wow. And like, we, we made it work. And, and then we got married and, uh, you know, I think we got married young enough to where it was like, we can, we can work this stuff out before we hit the road or whatever. So like the, you know, when we moved, when we married, we were together and it was like, I, we'd never really been together. It was like, what is this? So there was a, a whole learning curve for learning actually how to be together, which is a weird thing in a relationship. <laughs> we were so used to being synced independently, yes, which is a beautiful thing because like now I can, you know, I can go somewhere and play a show or do this thing, and we both know like this is good, this is working. But it's also like we're now having to learn actually how to be together all the time. It's just a, it's almost a backwards thing. But I'm so thankful for that though because yeah. I feel like when you know when I really start hitting the road, it's not going to be this big hurdle to be like, oh my gosh, like I don't know how to do this. You're not yeah. home. It's like no, we've done it. We know what to do. We've been through it. So that's a really good. That's awesome. Yeah, kind of prepared us, I think. Yeah. Now, so you went to Florida. Yeah. And when you went to Georgia, did she live with you there? No, she okay. was still in Tennessee until. Almost into, like five. She moved to Athens five months before we got married. Okay. And even then, I didn't like. I had uh, apartment. She had. She was staying with uh, another girl for like a five month period of time. Like, and we didn't. I mean, we saw each other, but we really, we were both so busy adjusting into town. Like, yeah. We didn't really see each other until we got married, and then it was pandemic. Oh. So okay. I, we got married. Yeah. In March of 2020. And it was. Oh, right. Yeah, like <laughs> right in it, dude. Like we went from a wet. We were going to have a like 250 person wedding in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah. At this beautiful venue. And then it went from that to 10 people in my childhood home front yard. And those 10 people being like her grandparents, my grandparents and my family and her family. And then we had our reception in our dining room. And then we had a cruise, and that got canceled. And so we ended up in Chattanooga because that was the only place that wasn't locked down yet. Oh, the day so. we got into chat, we woke up the next morning, and I got an email, and it was like, uh, "You can't, like, you can't go to the park." This was for Chattanooga, like, you can't go to the restaurants. So our honeymoon was three days of. Nothing, literally nothing, but we cooked. I think we must have watched 30 movies. <laughs> and then by the end of the, this sounds crazy, but by the end of the four days, we were so desperate to see other people. We invited <laughs> my brother-in-law and my sister who live in Chattanooga to come eat dinner with us. That's awesome. And we had dinner with them. That's a fucking great story. Man. It was wild, man. That is an awesome it was memory. Wild. Yeah, it yeah, was. Dude. It was. But man. yeah, we went from distance to lockdown. That was like our, our time. I, I mean, mean, that was our learning curve. If it wasn't like a, hey, figure it out now. Oh, it was, yeah. It was like, yeah, you better. And it was hard, dude. What like, was the hardest part? Like, what was the, I'm, I'm imagining like some part, uh, what was like the biggest battle that you guys had to like, the, to fight the urge to do, if you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. to, to actually change. What was like the biggest change that you had mm. to go through? That's a great question. Um, my biggest change was actually learning how to 
be how to share life with her. Like that was really hard for me because I had been so we'd both been so used to just experiencing things on our own and kind of conveying them to each other either over a phone call or like when we met up. But like when you're when you're with somebody every day, you can't do that because it's isolating. It's like you can't be in the same room and not share life together or share experiences. So my biggest thing was like learning how to share stuff. Like tell her what's going on, you know, tell her that oh, I'm doing this today. I'm going this place today. Like that was big for us. Like our first big arguments were uh, about you know plans I didn't discuss. They're, uh, it's, you know, they're always it's like, about communication. Yeah, yeah. it's always and it's like I was thinking in my head. Now it's it's just going to continue as normal. It's like no, it's not. You, there's someone in your home sharing your you know your life with you, and it matters. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it really matters. So you know that was a big thing for me to realize. Like you got to share it, and we're getting better. We're still not great at that. Like I'm still not great at that. Let me ask you this: you know? Does it feel and maybe this is just me. So, and it's not bad or anything, but like, does it feel almost like a vacation that just kind of doesn't stop? I'm saying this in a yeah. way like, you know, it almost <laughs> it almost feels like unreal because you had this idea of what life was before you guys got together, yeah. And then this is your life now, and but you're you're still you know this is life. You know this is what you're gonna do, but you're almost still accustomed to like your life before that. You're like. Oh, this is life now. I don't know how to explain. Yeah, it, but no, I I think I'm tracking. Like, y- the short answer is yes, most of the time. Like yeah. most of the time, especially when we moved to Nashville, because we both independently wanted to be in Nashville for like years. Really? Like, but but without talking to each other, yeah. it was pretty wild. Like that was just on our hearts independently for years, and then it just, I mean, it just worked. And and the cool thing there was like the moments that feel most like a vacation are moments where like we're on the couch with our dog and like sometimes we'll just be like we're in nashville and we're we got a little house like a little apartment a dog a little family like so that part yes it's crazy and i take it for granted really quickly as i think everybody does but like yeah it's crazy you get in the grind you, f- you yes. forget that it's like the the light the grind that you used to do independently is still happening but yeah yeah, you get you forget that you have so much to be grateful for. Yes, man. and you got to focus on it. Like I'm learning now, you know. First, I moved to town, and it was like full force every single night out somewhere. And usually, she wouldn't go because either she had work or she's just not. She, I mean, she I don't blame go. her. It's yeah. like you don't want to go walking around shaking hands at bars. Two like, a.m. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. And now I'm learning like to sustain this thing, you got to be balanced. And it's like, it's got to be one week you go out and then the other week you're home and you're doing dinner and it's yeah. hard. And and the thing is like, your brain wants to tell you like, oh, you're, you know, missing you're, out. you're missing out on the, the, the dream. It's like, hang on. The dream is all of this. It's not music or the, the marriage. It's like, yeah. it's together. And if you don't learn how to balance it now, like it's not going to get easier when you're on the road, yeah. so it's going to get harder. And so it's like taking that moment to prioritize, like, all right, what's the priority? Priority is her, the family. Because at the end of the day, that's way, it, it, it's way bigger, you know? The, it's like music could go south 
and you'd still have her. Absolutely. So the fact that you that that has to be a you have to take care of that. You yeah. do, and it's hard, dude. I think that's why so many people like you hear the age old story of like, oh, all you care about is work. It's like I think that happens because you start out with this expectation in your head of like, I'm doing this for us. I'm working for us. I'm grinding for us, which I think is true. But I think it manipulates itself into like, you you almost use that as a excuse not to spend time prioritizing the person that you're with because you sit there and go, oh, I can't come home tonight to have dinner because I'm working, but, but I'm working for us. This is all for, it's like, well, you're missing life with that person. You know, however long that takes. It's the best excuse to not have to. For guys, and you've seen it a lot of more like, oh, I talked about this so many times. Like, I don't know what the transition is. And I, this is going to be a tangent. I don't yeah. know where the t- the transition was, but somewhere to where, I don't, this is not like political or anything. Yeah. But like, Somewhere to where women started becoming more, had the ability to become independent, like have their own jobs, have a two paycheck household. Mm-hmm. It started to make men have to communicate better. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden, you know, back in the 50s or whenever earlier, like the women really depended on the man. And not that there couldn't have been a great relationship in there. There sure. were, there's tons. Sure. All right. And, and a lot of women still like to be that stay at home mom. But now you have this, these roles that could be filled by any anybody in the house. Like either the mom or the dad could be the breadwinner, and the other one could stay home, or they both can do it, or whatever. But I think what it really did was threaten this like this man way of life, yeah. where like I'm going to communicate. I love you because I'm putting food on the table and shit. Right, and that's not actually that's a that's a cop out. Yeah, exactly. And we we got yes. our bluff called. And now it's it's uncomfortable. Like people talk about, yeah, well, you know, divorces are skyrocketing. Well, it's, well, yeah, it's because there's this transition of people of both parties understanding what was and how mm-hmm. it was and what is and how it how it transitioned. Like understanding that women that that both men and women have to have these communication that they went through this communication issue. Basically, what it was like. Men not to be men not being able to describe their feelings because they thought it was it was it demasculate demasculating or something yeah, emasculating and, or, emasculating yeah. yeah and women finally being kind of you know independent to where they they don't uh, what's what's what I'm trying to say I guess in the end I'm trying to say that. It's tough for a lot of guys right now because they grew up with the dad um, not having to be emotional necessarily. Sure. Yeah, the excuse is, is gone now. Yeah. Of like, I love you. I'm not home because I'm putting food on the table. Yes. Although that's true, it was used, I think, and, and I'm only saying that because like, I think I've definitely used that before. Like For sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not here. Well, it's not because I not prioritizing you it's because i'm trying to provide for you it's like is that inherently not true no but i think it's it is it's a cop-out to not actually have to prioritize at the at the end of the day what matters and the interesting thing there is like most 
like for my wife, she's totally flat out. Like she cares way less about provision to that extent. Like obviously we need a roof and we need food and I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to neglect that. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, it's like time is, is so much more valuable. And you hear that time and time again. And yeah, I think with the idea that the, the roles in the household have shifted to where no, women aren't putting up with that anymore. Exactly. They're like, right. no, there it what is. do you yeah. mean? Like, I need you here. Uh, we can both do the income thing together. Or, you know, I think in general, just the excuse of that is 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 being recognized and people are calling it out now. Yeah. You know, because there are people that are, you know, like my wife wants to be a stay-at-home mom. as her dream is to raise our, our kids. And like, yeah. um, I want to give that to her. There's ways you can do it. I gotta make some money. Damn, man. Was <laughs> this song like, we wrote all about it? Kinda, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But you know, it's that thing, it's like that doesn't mean that you you have that doesn't mean you get to neglect time yeah. with her now for this effort of like, oh, I'm gonna provide, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the bills. It's like that's yeah. great, but man, the time and the prioritization of, of her is so much more important. You know. It yeah, man. It's you have have you ever had like anxiety going like thinking about all like the what the the stress of the music and the things that you have to do um have you ever had like anxiety or be yeah. anxious about it oh yeah the first uh the first i've never had what i would call a panic attack ever in my life until <laughs> i'm we moved here and 3 weeks later i got in a job at a restaurant i'd left a job that in terms of pipeline could have all I'd had to do is gone to grad school for like four years and then come out with a, an amazing job. Like it could have been a career. I loved it. I loved the job. What was it? As a behavioral therapist. Oh, and it was like, it's amazing. I got to work with kids all day. Like, yeah, just awesome job. Awesome coworkers, everything. But I moved from that <laughs> to moving to Nashville, taking a, back serving job at a restaurant and I was driving to work that day it's first day of work and I'm I'm literally I'm it's a 15 minute drive and I go I'm I'm driving to pour water at a restaurant in Nashville and I literally like locked up I didn't know what to do because it was like one of those moments where you finally realize like either you're a fool <laughs> or this thing's gonna work or a bit of both probably because it was, yeah, so the anxiety was just ridiculous. And now it's, it's, I've gotten better at controlling it because the inherent risk entails all of that. Like, yeah. you're going to feel that way. But the beauty is you're also going to feel things nobody ever gets to feel because they're not willing to take that risk. Like, it's, it's, it's twofold. you got to take both of them at the same time. You know, they're not going to go away. But, man, you're going to experience things, and you're going to experience a way of life that – People are going to look at you and go, you're crazy for that. But you're going to go, yeah, but this is so much fun and it's so worth it, you know. Dude, I, there's so much that I've, two things. Have you ever smoked, smoked weed? No. Are you ever interested? Uh, I don't know if I was. I, so I got into, when I moved to town, the, the drinking culture here was wild. And I actually stopped drinking because it got like quickly. I have a very addictive personality. 
Oh, interesting. But what I would do is is I would to to handle that anxiety, I started drinking. Oh, and it yeah, it started off real easy. Yeah. Like it was like oh, I'm gonna have a beer after work. It's like that's good. Oh, I'm gonna have two beers at this round. And then it's like it grew and grew and grew and grew. And now it's like I got to a point where I was like, this is this is a problem. And so I'm very fearful of anything to I'm trying to word this. Anything that alters my state of mind away from something I, I probably actually have to deal with. It's the best way to say it. So like for me, that was like alcohol was serving as this like diversion tactic where I actually I thought I was dealing with anxiety. But you're not dealing with any of it. You're just pushing it in this corner, and you're like, oh, yeah. We're, we'll, you're suppressing we'll, it. Yeah, we'll yeah. forget you for a little while. And so I'm very fearful of stuff like that because my my personality is so, like, I, I've, it's such an addictive personality. I just feel like even if it started out like, oh, this is this is good, it would just get to some place of, like, it's not good. <laughs> like, that's where I would probably yes. get with it. <laughs> so I've never drank, ever. Oh, that's so interesting. Never drank. But, and I never smoked up until about five months ago. Yeah. You know, I had this, so I went to school. This is, I'm, I want to, I'm not I'm trying to brag or anything. Yeah. I, I want to just give you the backstory of sure. how, of like why I thought this way. Um, I went to school for biochemistry and I wanted to, I, I love to understand like why or how we do something. Yeah. Like, and drugs became a super, uh, just a hot topic for me because uh, I, I was a sponsored skateboarder growing up when yeah. I was like 12, 13 ish, something like that. And then, uh, what do you see around there? Drinking, smoking, right. all this shit. And right. the, like older dudes. And yeah. I'm, and I, I remember no, not knowing what it was. I was like, I don't know mm. what you're doing. I see you doing it. Yeah. I don't understand don't what it what is. Doing. I was like, yeah. I just don't like it. You look you're like you're, you're looking dirty. You're looking gross. Makes you look stupid. I'm like, that's fine. I'll do this over sure. here. And then I get to hockey and I start playing, you know, with older guys. Yeah. Uh, my brother played. And so I got, I kind of got like a really competitive spot. The same with baseball. Baseball and hockey, like I'd play with older guys. But with baseball, you didn't really have the same like dip use as you would in hockey. Like in the mm. locker room, you'd have still, hockey is a very, very team oriented thing because yeah. you're, it, I mean, it's in the nature of the game, um, and it's very the the easiest thing. The what our society has told us is that uh, how do you bond? Well, with alcohol. It's mm-hmm. like well, because yeah, because you can't be comfortable enough with yourself, right? Where you can have a good time without it. Yep. And so, you know, my mom. I'm I'm very thankful for my mom because none of my parents, both or yeah, not yeah, both my parents didn't really drink. They did it like. Uh, family parties and stuff, but yeah. nothing like that. Yeah. And you know, my mom would tell me stories like she would she would play it like if you want to, it's it's fine, mm-hmm. but you don't re- like. This is how it really is, and right. I was like, oh shit, okay, yeah. And so when I saw them do it when I was when I was like fourteen or fifteen, they were like seventeen, eighteen. I'm like, it still doesn't interest me because sure. because it's. It, to me, I was competitive, I, and I wanted to play in the pros. Yep. And I was like, that's holding you back, like, clearly. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. then I move on. I get hurt, and I join the military. What else is in the military? Fucking <laughs> drinking yeah. hard. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, well, clearly these guys don't have a fucking clue because right. there's how many fucking drunks in the oh, military. Yeah, dude. And it's, so, 
and, and they use it as a coping mechanism. Absolutely. I'm like, this is not healthy yeah. for the least for the one class I know we all took in high school about psychology. Right. It's like this is not a healthy way to cope. Right, right. And then and so I do the military, and I actually do a lot. Uh, I do a lot of fitness stuff, like with CrossFit and, yeah. and stuff. And then that was a, a more healthier one, more healthier association with sure. drinking that I saw. But then I go into college, and I'm just super interested in drugs hmm. now how many bad stories have you heard about drinking uh, so many a fucking ton yeah, and it's tons, legal right tons. yeah it's legal. Oh, it's, yeah don't get me started and how many bad stories you hear with weed i know real stories yeah how many like, real stories like car crashes and stuff and medical liver cancer and zero yeah. yeah all right and you have to wonder like it's why is it it's a it's definitely a stigma thing man and like Despite, you know, regardless of, of, of what you think about any of that, you have to acknowledge that the stigma is, is so hypocritical. Like, it, it, cigarettes, it just takes cigarettes. Like, cigarettes are everywhere. Uh, in a lot of ways, the stigma is they're cool. Like, genuinely. Like, I think of James Dean holding a cigarette. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. culturally. And it's dying out, for sure, but it's still there. It's one of the worst things in the world for you. Literally. Like, your your, your lungs are just dying when you're smoking and yeah. it's like so i i've never understood the stigma to me it's still one of those things where for my brain and personality i just like i'm like i can't go there i, totally I know exactly you. Yeah. what would happen i would i wouldn't stop you like the feeling yeah oh yeah absolutely that's fair if you yeah. know yourself well enough this is um, i'm i'm gonna say one thing about cigarettes i think that where that changed is uh, they stopped doing that. They started, you know, make it, making it mass factory. So like mm. you start putting like preservatives and shit. Yeah. In there. And because they, I've never smoked uh, cigarettes. Yeah. And, but from what I understand, like if you do like the tobacco, like real tobacco, um, it's not necessarily bad for you. You yeah. get this, you get this nicotine high without like, Kind of gumming up your your system. Yeah, all the tar and stuff. Yeah, is probably. That's I. Yeah, I like cigars. Now, oh you know, yeah, cigars are good. They're 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 rolled. Like, I don't know what's that much different about it. Now, I mean, <laughs> it's not necessarily that you should smoke cigars or anything, but right. You know, it's one of those things. It, so what I was gonna say about yeah. what weed is that I had this I, I from all the research and I, I when I was in school I, I really loved researching the effects of of all these drugs yeah right and not to go into too much detail but when it comes down to it we just had all this positive effects mm. on it now i go back a flashback to five months earlier and i'm really thinking i'm like all right i've got anxiety like i've got some true anxiety about what what it is i'm gonna do like sure. moving down it's uncomfortable and i didn't really know i had this idea of you know we come down here and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that right and then and then my head just started like getting all these thoughts uh-huh. and those thoughts had more thoughts uh-huh. and now the problem and this is really where anxiety comes from now the problem that you initially had you had all this other shit that you're thinking is related to it and what we did for me it's almost like a fucking. This is what we did for <laughs> me. Testimony, you know, yeah. <laughs> but but weed help with taking all this noise. Yeah. 
focusing it on here. Interesting. And so, yeah. and it was so awesome because more times than not, you know, you know that probably you know, the simplest answer is the right one. You know, like sure. it, with whatever it is. Sure. Uh, but with anxiety, it's like, okay, yeah, you got the simple answer. But what about all this other shit right. that might be affected sure, by it? And you're sure, like, sure. Oh, yeah. So I went and, you know, uh, there was a period like when her and I would, would hang out more often. And um, it's fun to experience. It's just a different vibration of life. I'll say that. Like, yeah. it really helped me slow down that anxiety um, and just take things just take life in every second and appreciate the moments. Sure. Uh, I can, it's unreal. Do you feel like you, you really take in those moments? Cause that was for me, like the alcohol thing. The first lie that I realized after stopping was all these moments that I thought I was taking in and make these beautiful times. I actually really wasn't taking them in. I have such a good, I have such an, uh, I have such a, I don't know. I've never been drunk. Okay. Yeah. But this is this is my take on it because people ask like you do all this stuff like why why haven't you drank like mm-hmm. I'm like because I and this is not to knock anybody that, sure. that needs it but or not needs it but thinks they need it. I want to experience life. It's kind of like what you're saying. Like I want to experience up on stage, like yeah. taking it in. I want to see if if I'm nervous, you want to feel it. I want to feel me yeah, being nervous. Absolutely. I want to feel me struggling through a song. Sure. When I, like when I'm just starting out, I want to feel me sweat out through a song. Absolutely. I want to feel the crowd singing along. I want to feel all this shit. Yeah. I don't want to inhibit that. Yeah. This is a part of life that I want to be about. That's really what I think happens. Okay. And I, and I could, I know we could all probably name, name a bunch of people, but like, when you start to get that big, you associate this accomplishments with drinking. So you do oh, more yeah, and more of it. And it's yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, take it in. Like, yep. appreciate where you're at yep. and who's around you. Yep. Just sober. Absolutely. Like, appreciate the hard times. Don't If it's a hard time, don't fucking go drink about it, man. Right. Like, face, I, face it. Deal I, with it. Yeah. Yep. Dude, face it head on. That's, yeah. that's one of the biggest issues that I see with people that really like to drink is that, mm-hmm. dude, they... They use it to mask it in yeah. the issue. I mean, every I think that's like everybody does yeah. that with something. And like for me, that I you know I've been let's see, it's been sixty sixty two days since I stopped. I stopped the day after July fourth. I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. And uh, it's been crazy because like it, I had so much stuff that I had put in that corner for so long. Like I'm talking probably four months of just stockpiling stuff that I'm not going to deal with that today. Whatever. I'll have a I'll have a beer. We'll be fine. And it's crazy how hard it is to actually have to sift through this stuff and like sit down and go, "Okay, this is what it is. Not what you think it is. Not how you feel. Like this is reality." But the beauty of it is you then experience reality every day. Period. You're experiencing real life. You're not yeah. experiencing an illusion of like we had such a great time. It's like, did you have a great? That was an interesting thing. I went to, uh, <laughs> I went, I, I hung out with a group of people the other night, and uh, we were at a bar, and I got like, I the the Bush non alcoholic beers are 
pretty great. Oh, really? Because bush is just water anyways. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, they all taste the same. Yeah. But the non-alcoholics taste taste pretty much identical. To Where'd like, you get this? Uh, this was at, uh, where were we? Oh. We were at. Don't sweat too much if you have to really think. I, I, brew house, I, I think. Brew, okay. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've seen them. I just yeah. never, I never tried them. They're, but fi- I, they're fine. They, they, I mean, if you don't. The only reason I'm drinking it is because I, I, I have to distract myself from grabbing an actual beer. So it's not. I don't think it's gonna be something where you're gonna be like, I love the taste of a malt <laughs> beverage. It's like, no, you don't. Right. But it it was wild because I sat there the whole night and I was like, all of all of these friends of mine who I I really do love, are thinking they're having a great time. And maybe they are. That's a, I don't want to be too judgmental or look down on them because I was sober. Like, I don't want to do that. But it was very telling to me, being sober, looking and going, what I would have thought was this amazing night full of great conversation and hang and, like, everything. If would, you were drunk. If I was, if I was buzzed or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, it wasn't. There was, like, hardly anything actually talked about. There was hardly anything actually enjoyed mutually there was a lot of nonsense and sometimes that's fun like i'm not going to treat it like it's not fun but in terms of an actual real experience it's like sorely lacking and i i it really shocked me because i i was kind of thinking in my head like nah, this is still going to be like a blast and you're just going to be sitting over here missing out and you're gonna have to suck it up and i was like oh this is kind of kind of not what i thought it was in my head I mean, really, like, what? Kind of underwhelming, tremendously underwhelming. If you're sober and you're around a bunch of people that aren't, it, it, it's very telling of what it actually means to be intoxicated. It has nothing to do with the person that's intoxicated. I'm just talking like holistically, like what you think you're doing. Yeah. When you're, you know, when you're intoxicated versus what you're, what's actually going on. <laughs> it's like it's pretty wild. I wouldn't, and again, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll never want you to experience anything that you don't want to. Sure. I And I've never been drunk or even drank anything, so I don't know the buzz that you get from that. Yeah. I, man, I, I like to smoke, and I like to do that. I like to take edibles with, with Lauren and stuff, like, how do I want to say this? Only, only when I know what weed has helped me do is like take all the nonsense that we have as musicians, as artists, all the things you do, social media, booking shows, yeah. writing songs, learning songs, putting them more out, putting more out, yeah. like understanding you got to reply, you got to do this, you got to yeah. meet people and just straighten it out. Sure. Okay. And what that, and it's so funny because I mean, like you said, you know yourself. Like if sure. you feel like you'd get addicted, I get it. But it's it just straightened it out, and now I feel like I have more time. I understand my time scheduling to like, okay, I'm gonna focus on this. I'm gonna block this out, yeah. and then I have nothing to do. Like I'm I'm dedicated. I'm disciplined to say like this is the stopping point. Yeah. The rest of the day, I'm gonna enjoy it, and it's so crazy. I can do we we can do it. We can enjoy life together, like high or not high. It doesn't matter. Sure. But like, it is so crazy how 
much you appreciate these little, little moments. Yeah. And oh, when you're high, because even if you're even no matter how disciplined you are to like, you know, like, hey, this is stopping point. I'm going to live life with Lauren and, or like mm-hmm. with your girlfriend or something like take that time. You still have this like kind of background buzz of like, oh, I could be doing something or like mm. something. And what that does is like, no, like you, me, this moment right here. Yeah. That's what fucking matters. And you and I again, you you can please tell me what it's like to be like buzzed or whatever. But what this does is like I can only describe it as like food. Yeah. Every bite you take is miraculous. Yeah. Like you're like, I'm so thankful for this bite. I remember yeah. it's just the the things and we went out and listened to music. And it's like, yeah, man, this like this band is fucking awesome. Like they're just ripping it. Yeah. You just a, it's just the weird things. There's no background to me. It affects everybody differently. Sure. But sure. like I was focused on what was happening. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. And man. It's interesting you say that because to me, that is all of those descriptions are what I would associate with being buzzed. Really? And what I found with that was you for for that it's it's not real in the sense that there's a consequence the day after, which is immediately a big red flag. If you're experiencing something with a substance and you feel terrible the next day, but you felt great for four hours, there's something in that that's not supposed to be, in my opinion. Now, if it's something truly like natural, I think about like running all the time. Like running creates chemical compounds in your brain that make you feel so good, and you you don't get hungover from running. Your body's meant to do that. It's like it's meant to go through that process. You feel these things, and you feel it naturally, and it's like, ah, yes. The alcohol made you feel that way, but it was all an illusion, and then you you suffered for it. So in my head, I'm thinking like, yeah, it sucks, because you, you feel that way for about four hours, and then there's two ways that goes. You stop drinking, and you, you probably feel good, or you keep drinking, and you get past the point of, man, I feel good, every bite is amazing, too. I feel awful. Mm. I feel absolutely terrible. And that's most people, including myself, could not stop. I can't stop that. If I'm in, I'm in, and I I, I go yeah. to a point where it's just like, yep, now we're now we're incapacitated. I can't have a real conversation. That's a big thing for me, like particularly as a believer. Like, I think my job, if you strip music away and everything, is to is to love people the best I can possibly love them. Oh yeah. And a lot of times, what that means for me is listening. Uh, sharing, you know, sharing pain with somebody, putting, you know, putting their needs above mine, selflessness, like all the things Jesus talks about. And for me, what I hated was with the alcohol, I thought I was doing some of that. And what you realize the next morning is it's like, you were, you weren't, you weren't having conversation. You were blabbering. You thought you were having this great connection with somebody and you were, you weren't there. You're not the guy. Yeah. You're some, you're somebody else then. And I hated that feeling. And like, that's for me, like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that again. And I, again, that's I don't, I'm not saying yeah. people can't do it. I know like one of my best friends is like excellent at balancing it. Like he's like, I'm going to have a beer and I'm going to go home. I was like, great. And he does it. He does it every night. It's like the craziest yeah. thing. I'm not that way. 
And so for me, like every time I have to think through that, it's like, all right, what are we, who are we going to be today? I'd rather be myself. That and is be a here. great line. Who are we going to be today? Yeah. Cause you can choose to be yeah. an illusion of yourself. You can choose to, you can choose about five different options there. And it's like yourself comes with all of this stuff that you're going to have to deal with, but it's, it's worth it. Cause you're, you're actually showing somebody like, hi, this is, this is Zach King. I says, this isn't intoxicated Zach King. Who's going to give you a big hug and tell you, you know, he loves you, even though he doesn't remember that he said that the day after that sucks. What really is great is when you sit there and, oh, I, I can talk to you. I can have a conversation with you. I, I hear everything you're saying. I can remember everything you're saying. I mean what I'm saying. And there's nothing affecting that. Mm. And for me, that's why, like, g- sobriety in general now. And, again, I'm, like, so new to this thing. And it's like I, I don't think I was in a place where I, I wasn't, like, I wasn't getting hammered every night. That's the scary thing with this. It's like, you don't even have to do that. It, it can just be a habitual, I want to feel this way at the end of the day. Have it, yeah. And it's yeah, scary, yeah. man, because it's like, then you're just, you, you, your brain is like, no, you're good. You're not, you're not struggling with alcohol. And then you stop and you go, oh, boy, I, I think I need that. Mm. And then you see the true colors of it. And, I, you know, I'm not saying that for weed. I don't know anything about it. But I think for me, being sober-minded... Whether, whether that means, you know, I, like, I'm giving myself a period of time to, like, no alcohol at all. Yeah. And then I'm going to kind of read, like, okay, what, what's the best way to move forward? Like, is it not drinking at all forever? Or is it, you know, being really, really strict on when I can? But through that, I want to be, like, I want to be here. If I'm having a conversation with you, I want to be here. I don't want you to ever question, am I, like, am I talking to Zach or am I talking to... A version of Zach that's <laughs> that's not really here. I don't. I, I don't know, man. It's just like I, that's where I'm at. Like that's and it's hard. Those no. Those it's a good place to actually like talk to yourself and be sure. It's not easy, and no. not a lot of people get there. Um, I don't. I mean, I go in and out of it every day. It's like it's it's, it's very funny too how. Even some of the people that we hold a, as high regard or even friends, like there's a lot of people out there that rely on a substance. Yeah. And we don't really know it because we don't see all of their life, but it's a, uh, I think what it comes down to is if they're relying on the substance, you know, it's they're they don't like the life they live. And yeah, so there's, there's something like they don't want to, something you don't want to yeah. address. I mean, everybody, I do that. It's like something yeah. you don't want to have to deal with. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's, it's the, instead of actually dealing with something, you're, you're killing it off. Yep. Like, that's the age old thing. Like, I really, it's a wild uh, evaluation of the Cain and Abel story from Genesis. And it was oh, basically yeah. like, tell me about it. So, the way it was interpreted was like Cain killing Abel is in every single one of us instead of, so the whole story about that was God favored Abel's offerings. Yes. And then, and then Cain wasn't kind of pulling his weight and God was like, you need to do a little bit better job. Cain, you know, Abel's doing really great. 
And instead of dealing with Cain's own progress, he kills Abel. So he kills off his 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 competition, his competition, like, and his or the his, one that in, makes him look. Yes, bad. his inherent accountability. Yeah. Like oh, okay. instead of dealing with it, he kills it. And it's like we do that every single day. I was like, that's crazy because that's that's wildly true. And it's Ooh, like, yeah. instead of me dealing with something for myself all the time, I'm killing it off. So it, it could look like I'm gonna get buzz enough to where I forget it. Okay, I'm, I killed it. I didn't actually deal with it. Or I, I'm gonna put others down. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill them. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'm gonna kill them and not deal with my own stuff. And we do it all the time. And it's in us. And it's like it's way harder <laughs> to deal with your own stuff. It's like, it sucks, but you got to do it. It's because we have this image of ourselves and what it's really what I think uh, a lot of that, because you see that where like people get this ego where it's like, if somebody succeed, succeed, that somehow means something about you. Absolutely. And, and you see it all the time. Yeah. Dude. And I'm, when it's like, oh no, you're like, if you talk to yourself, you're like, okay, I'm actually just jealous. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're going to be real honest with yourself, it's yeah. like, that's just jealousy. like what they're like, you should be happy for them. I've, yeah. I've gone through a transition of where, you know, this is a few years ago in the PA music world. Okay? Yeah. Like, or actually in the hockey world. First, I see my friends go, like, get signed, get drafted, or like do something cool. And mm. I'm like, like you get yeah yeah get and, jealous but then i was uh i had a coach tell me it's like look he's like look schultzy you you need to be happy for them because yeah you, like he listed all these things i'm like fuck that's so true and the same thing happened in pa i would i when i was just starting again i didn't know you get paid for gigs i swear mm. to god <laughs> i was doing i was doing open that's... mics for like two for like <laughs> A year and a half straight, oh, I was just doing open mics, no open mics, no open mics. So true. Somebody asked me, like, hey, do you want to do three hours, like 150 bucks? I'm like, what? I'm like, I can get paid? Yeah. And yeah. so I remember, and then I was like, oh, this is the style. Okay, so then I start reaching out to other other bands to play in between their breaks. Yeah. Okay, so I'll be doing that. I was like, don't pay me. I just want to do so I can get a foot in the door. And then I would do the same for other, if I got in the door, I would do this. I would invite people that I see yeah. grinding. I was like, Come play my breaks. Meet this person. Yeah. And I would do it time and time again. And eventually, you could just see it. Like, people would start to get this jealousy about them. Uh, of if of A lot of times, it was me and my band. Yeah. Because I had no problem putting in this work when they were just, like, kind of just, like, uh, angry about it. Right? Yeah. And... Man, I was like, and I had to tell some of them because I knew them personally. Some I'd never met, and they're still mad. They still talk shit about me. But some <laughs> I knew, and I sat them down. I was like, "Look, man, there's enough love for all of us. Sure, it's sure. not. This is my road. Sure, you have your own road. I'm right. gonna support your own road. Right. And it's the same like anywhere in life. It's like, man, stop thinking that their life has shit to do with yours. Absolutely. Be try. It's it's really this battle of like trying to be who you think you are or what you want to be and you know knowing that you're probably not there yet but getting mad like just accept it your time's going to come just yeah. appreciate be happy for the other person yeah man focus on your own you know to go back to that focus on your own altar to build yeah. like just you you 
cannot concern yourself with other people. Now, building them up is amazing. And that, like, to truly build somebody up without jealousy is yeah. so hard, especially if you're competitive and you want to succeed, especially in music. It's like the way this industry works, I mean, you could it's just it sometimes it's no rhyme or reason why this guy went and this guy didn't. It's like you have to sit with that. But I think it's just being able to say, I'm going to focus on my own stuff. I'm going to get better at what I can get better at. And every time somebody is around me that's doing it, whether better or not, I'm going to try my best to like, again, put champion them, put them yeah. above me. It's so hard, man. It's hard once you, it, it, it's hard at first, but after that, once you realize like, fuck man, that's awesome. It, I think it's hard at first. I don't sure. think after a you while, think it kinda... after a while you see like the beauty in it because yeah. the way I think about it is like, especially in this and, and I had to shift my focus on like how I'd be supporting it. But yeah. like your time, like it's just not your time yet. And when your sure. time comes, for some reason, if you believe it in a higher power or whatever, the universe talking to you, like, you're, it's not your time, but when your time comes, you'll see why. Because you probably took this time to be to perfect your craft sure. in a way. That way, when you hit it, yeah. people are blown away. Sure. And it's not like a, and it's no, it's not a, why are you here? It's a, oh, yep. you belong here. It's also like, you're only going to get that, you're only going to be able to go, you know, I'm ready for this. If you spent the time focusing on what you can do, not other people should. No, because yeah. then if that time comes, God forbid, and you're like so over here yeah. envious of somebody, it's like, well, dang, you blew your shot, buddy. Like you're not getting, <laughs> you're not getting that one back. Yeah, and it's like that's yeah, it's so true, and it's it's so important, and it's it's a lot easier to do when you feel good about yourself. And I've realized that you got to be careful with that because I was like, for a while, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm complimenting people when I've had a good day. So like, okay, I have some success. Now I can compliment you. Or like, I've done this thing today. I feel good about this right now. Yeah, man, your music's great. But on days that I didn't have those things, I wouldn't do it. And I'm, so I have to question like, am I actually... Your intentions. Yeah. Am yeah, I yeah. actually encouraging you? Or is it, is it contingent upon the fact that I feel good? Yeah, which I would say sometimes it is, and that's a problem because that's not really. Dude, the you know. the amount that you uh, have these conversations with yourself is awesome because it's yeah. it's gonna. I believe. I mean, I have no real proof, but like I believe it's gonna take you far. Um, it it's just gonna open because your eyes are already open. Yeah, and and questioning like yourself, like why you do certain things sure. to make it better. Sure. Yeah. I would hope it's all, it's all self-improvement. I mean, I think it's, I think I just want to be genuine. Like I want to look back on a, whatever career path it takes, like look back and go, yep. I feel good about that. It made, made some mistakes, did some things I probably shouldn't have done, wrote some songs I didn't like, but like for me, I'm like, okay, I stayed pretty true to the, to the, to yeah. the Zach King, you know, I think I'm supposed to be, but that's a hard thing when you move to town. It's like you can get swayed in 15 directions and try to be something. And I certainly have done that. And I'm just now learning not to do that. Dude, know? it's tough. It's a journey. I think the beautiful part about this is if you step back, you know, take 
literally everything about who you think you are or who you, what you've done, where you think you're going. It's life. It is life. And yeah. it's so beautiful. I think this is why, man, there's, there's certain moments like when Laura and I would have an argument, like, I know it sounds so stupid, but like, I would get like kind of jittery at the end when I knew we were like coming to, we were like kind of solving it. I'm yeah. Like, fuck. This is, this is life. This is you good know? stuff. Like, yeah. Fuck, like, Heck oh, yeah, God damn. Like we're yeah. talking it out. And there's so long where I, before her, like man, relationships were just mm. not out the door, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had all this shit going for me. I thought I was in, like I had control of what I wanted to do. Sure. To bring somebody else in. I'm like, uh, what do we? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, but man, we've gone through so much together, and like w- parts that, like parts of life that she's experienced, parts of life, and we can bring that together. That these moments when they collide and it feels so good, I'm just like, "Fuck, I love you even more." Mm. Even though that it was a weird way to come about loving someone more. Yeah, but that's part of it, man. And and I'll I'll tell you, man, oh, I can't. I'm not going to push weed on you, I promise. But like, (laughs) but it's so weird because, you know, you, I, I'm in a position, I've, I've put myself in a position of life to where I definitely question a lot what I do and what I experience to where I think where I'm, I don't take weed to mask anything. Sure. But I, I want to learn of how my sober self can appreciate more things soberly. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of bounce them off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. like, you know, there's sure. moments when, like, her and I together, my inner dialogue is so much grander when I'm high, but in, like, the sharpest detail where it's, like, we're just sitting together and it's, like, okay, it's, like, it's been a while since you've done this. Like, do this for her or, like, mm. do something for her. And then I can take that when I'm sober and be like, oh, I'm going to apply this. Sure, sure. Like, it doesn't have to be just when I'm high or whatever. Right. Like, when I'm appreciating these moments, like, no, appreciate them. Like, just the little, very little things yeah. that go a long way. And I just fucking love yeah. the shit. And that's that's also me being so independent, like, before that I didn't really have to focus on that. Sure. And it's kind of helping you, like, yeah. think about Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. I think that's like, that's how you get to that place. Yeah. It's like, and for me, it happens to be like, usually those things happen after I've failed to like notice do them yeah, or yeah, notice yeah, something. Yeah. And so then I have to go back and go, shoot, I got to, I got to do a better job. I think, yeah, I think we definitely, everybody <laughs> But has if you can those, do it before yeah. you make the mistake, then you're golden. But yeah, man. I, yeah. It's interesting for me creatively too, like, uh, mm what all everybody's process looks a little different and like i'm real fascinated with like the commonalities of creative process most of the commonalities i've found despite like how you write a song where you come from with your song where you are what you grew up with the biggest commonality is like if you can be vulnerable with that person and if that can happen i mean i i've yet to come out with a bad song from that very Pretty very wild. true. No, yeah. dude, that's such a that's it's a really good point. Vulnerability. Despite anything else, like not writing for I mean, granted, you can get in there and go, I want to write a song that could be played on the radio, and that's fine. But like not getting in there to prove anything, not getting there to like show off. You're just in there to be all right, 
let's be vulnerable. Let's make you know make a story out of it. Best make we can. You're really like if you really think about it. Every session you go in, you're trying to make yourself better. Yeah. Like at writing. Absolutely. And, and so vulner being vulnerable is really the best way to do it because you're not gonna if you got these guards up or whatever like not really gonna get anywhere no because you got you're like oh shit that line sucks how could i say that? <laughs> right know? and then you're scared to throw out ideas and then you never throw out ideas yeah you just like yeah the best ride i was in the other day the best ride i've been in so far was uh with a girl that i mean she literally wasn't scared to throw out anything and and the first time she did it, i was like what are we doing and then the more i realized it like that's how you become a better songwriter yeah she's throwing out everything she's thinking of yeah. and if it's amazing it's amazing and if if nobody likes it, we don't like it. But the beauty of that is is she single handedly kept that right rolling exactly with dude. with her with enough of her confidence to be like, I'm just gonna throw these out there. I don't have that yet. I gotta build that that confidence up to just if I lay an egg with a phrase, so what? I yeah. threw it out there. Yep. You know, and hopefully the people you're writing with don't. You know, don't it's, crucify you for it. No, like. <laughs> dude, it's the biggest thing. Understanding, like, not only being vulnerable, but understanding that others are being vulnerable too. Yeah. So having that communication, the the biggest problem that I've seen, or not necessarily a problem, but the biggest issue is that like the feedback, one way or another, is like if you say something and no one says shit, you're like. What, where do going, you go with it? We're going forward. Yep. We're going backwards. Yep. Like, yep. should I say more stuff? Yep. It's like, don't keep that in. Like, yep. tell me how you're feeling. Like, be like, fuck yeah, that's good. It's like, oh no, let's try and like tweak this a little bit. Or like, what are you feeling? Yep. Let's play through it. Right. Okay, it doesn't sound like that kind of shit is so helpful. It You could write a song so quickly if you if you can keep that momentum going. Yep. And sometimes it, it takes time still even with that process. But yeah, just being yeah. an understanding of like, we're coming in here to be vulnerable like so like we got to keep each other we got to keep that absolutely we got to keep that in mind yep vulnerability man it's like yeah. the biggest thing all right john or zach john king yes sir yeah all this um, all the socials and everything same thing oh no, no no we're not done i got one oh. more question for you <laughs> i got one more question for you, you kind of asked answered already okay. realistically but it's what i ask everybody is like what is living the dream to you oh man i love that question um, to get real, because I'm real visual when I think about goals, like oddly specifically visual. Let's do um, it. For me, that looks like. Uh, that looks like. All right, let me think about the. This is I think about it in such a weird way. I want to make sure people are like, "What in the world is he talking about?" Sorry, just in my mind, you went. Ah, <clears throat> uh, I want to give you every detail. <laughs> let, me, let me think through it. <laughs> okay, so I have I I'm weird. I keep everything on a paper calendar. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Like it's just a I like seeing the tactile all of it together. Yeah. Living the dream for me would look like my wife and I get up and we look at the calendar, and for two months there's tour dates on the calendar with off weeks sprinkled in. And I know that the bus will, you know, I'll have a bus call at 530. I'll get, I'll get on the bus. I'll go. I'll play shows for three weeks, come back and see her. Sometimes she'll come out to me, play shows, and then we'll have, you know, I get off tour, 
we have time at home. I come in and record a record, and then I'm back on the road. That's like, that's it for me. That constant, like, tour, off, recording, tour. Like, I, you know, that's it. I love playing shows, so I'm not that person that's like, oh, I can't stand tour. Like, I, I am dying for you to tell me that you've got to go on the road for, you know, 180 days. It's like, sure. <laughs> I'll do that right now. But, yeah, for me, the dream is, like, the balance and the – I have a really specific thing. So, like, each year my family goes on a beach trip. We've been doing it literally since I was born. And it's – I call it a benchmark for me because it's the same trip every year, but life around it always changes. So it's a really cool way to look back and go, where am I in life? Because you can bounce it off of this consistent trip. So for me, that would look like we go to the beach – and I have, in you know, I have rehearsals starting the next week, and then all fall I'm playing, and I'm that's my full time. That that would be just, that would be awesome. But it's funny because I say all that, and then I know myself, and I know I get into that, and give it a year, and if you asked me the same question, I'd probably be like, I'd probably have a totally different answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, right now that's what that looks like on the road, time at home, recording back on the road, balanced. Ideally, I mean, if, if, if my wife could go, it'd be awesome. But let me tell you this, your, your wife can go whenever I don't. um, Yeah. Because it's people, it's, it's healthy to have that time apart too. It is. Yeah. People always say it's like, no, it's just, everything comes at a cost. Yeah. So it's like, you, you just have to, okay. So what? Like, there's ways around it. Some people just don't want. They want to have that time apart, and but there's truly a way. Like, there's no reason why your, your wife can't go on. Right, board. right. Like, it's, it's right. Um, It'd be a matter if, if she would or she wanted. Everything's just an expense that you yeah, got to account absolutely. for on the road. Yeah, but yeah, and if she would want yeah, to, I don't know. <laughs> so it sounds yeah. like, and I'm, it sounds like you live in the dreams you would be having these like reoccurring systems of success to where they're reliable and almost like there's a consistency about it yes to where you can go back to the well and know and know tomorrow know tomorrow and for the next days you're gonna still have this for like you're still gonna have this work and this consistency about your life that you can appreciate the time off work and not yes. have to worry. Yes. I, and, and that might be flawed, man. Cause like, but there's I, no right answer. Yeah. But the best feeling in the world for me is like, I have Saturdays off. So like, I don't do any, I don't do, I don't write on Saturdays. I watch college football and well now, and then I hang out with like my wife and our friends. Yeah. The best feeling in the world is a Saturday after a super busy week of great rights and, working myself to the bone that's like the best feeling in the world that reflection time yes and it's even better if the week following is that busy but sitting in the middle of that is the best feeling in the world because it's if, if 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 i had nothing the next week i would be worried and if i had nothing the week prior i would feel lazy yep. so if if i have both i man that sat like that you know symbolic saturday or whatever time you're sitting alone it's like, ah, yeah, I can actually relax because I've, 
I feel I feel in a sense of accomplishment enough to warrant stopping. That's a big thing for me. Like I have to leverage when to stop. It's like today I'll probably have dinner instead of going out because we got a write done and we did a podcast. Yeah. So like having that being like this is enough. For that's today. my those are my two tokens. Don't gotta do it all. In I don't one think day. so. Just, and and we'll figure yeah. out if that works or not. But for tonight specifically, like that's think that's what I'm gonna prioritize. Yeah. But yeah. Zach, I I really truly appreciate you taking like, the time to hang and write. And, Heck yeah. And take all this time to, from your day and, and no, dude, I love getting to know you, man. And I, th- I think likewise, I love your style. Um, thank you. Yeah, Zach John King on all socials. Yeah, man. And dude, I once again thank you. Thank for you. Coming on and this was a blast. And I hope to see you again soon, brother. Oh yeah, real soon. Thank you, dog. <sighs> That was good. That was, man. That was fun. fun. Good time.